Hello, friends. The Morally Flexible podcast is devoid of any redeemable qualities. This show is basically a couple of drunk people doing some movie reviews, discussing topics that will make most people sick, and sharing life lessons of no educational value. Think of it as tainted domestic wisdom. This is a two to three hour podcast. If you have the attention span of a squirrel, please stop listening and unsubscribe. We also provide spoiler-filled movie reviews. If you haven't seen the movies reviewed in this episode, please stop listening and go watch them. Lastly, this show is full of explicit content. If the words shit, fuck, bitch, whore, cock, pussy, or jizz bother you, it's probably too late. You've already been triggered. Hit stop now. We at the Morally Flexible Podcast thank you and hope you enjoy the show. It's the Welcome to the Morally Flexible Podcast. My name is Josh and I am your host on tonight's episode. It's all about the Batman. That's it. That's it. We're going to talk about the Batman. Oh, and there might be some other stuff in there. We'll see. Uh, first, let me uh, go ahead and introduce my co-host. She's been on the show many, many times, too many times for me to count at this point. She is also our Wheel of Time correspondent, uh, Miss Angie. Angela, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you doing, Josh? Super duper. Are you excited to talk about Batman? I am. Good. I am. Good. So I just want to throw it out to everybody. I still have an open slot for a guest host on March 24th. Uh, as I said, the recording time is always on a Wednesday. It's from 6.30 p.m. start time, somewhere in that ballpark. And, you know, we'll go for hours on end. Uh, if nobody chimes in, I'm going to have to use Angie again. And, you know, who wants that? I mean, come on. Such a disappointment. <laughs> Who is that bitch? <laughs> Good Lord. Hey, guess what, Ange? We're up to uh, 105 Twitter followers. Woo-woo! yeah, we added four this week. Uh, we added Rodimus Prime, of course, because, well, he was on the show last week. Uh, <laughs> at, at Nick Amell, the Rotten Treasure podcast, and the 69 Whiskey podcast. <laughs> 69. All right, I have a new mission for our listeners. You have done a wonderful job of getting the Twitter numbers up. Now I have another favor to ask. If the platform that you use to listen to the show allows for it, leave us a review. I would love to get a review. I've only got like five reviews on Apple Podcast at this point. So I'd like a few more. Well, yeah, even if it's bad. Because they like, uh, Josh I, I, likes it when you're mean to him. I love so. bad. Please leave a shitty review if you hate the show. I, I have to ask, though, if you hate the show, why the fuck are you listening to it? But whatever. That's, <laughs> that defies logic. But yes, please go ahead and uh, leave a review. It would be much appreciated. Hey, if you want to email us, it's uh, contact at morallyflexiblepodcast.com. Facebook, the Morally Flexible Podcast. On Twitter, 105 followers and counting. Woo-hoo! 
at the morally Instagram, morally underscore flexible underscore podcast. Still adding followers on Instagram. I don't know why or how, but people keep jumping in. I have no idea. You should post more or give me admin and I will post for you. Oh God. I don't know. I, I need to, I, I'm way too much of a control freak to allow that to happen. Hey, you know, you can trust me. Yes, that's true. And I then your brand. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, if you're going to access the show, why not do it through anchor, you know, anchor.fm forward slash morally flexible podcast drinks. Angie, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, I am drinking barefoot wine, hard seltzers. Is, Going classy up in this joint. Is that like a truly type thing? Or? It's, it's by the Barefoot Wine Company. So yeah, it's like a truly type thing, but it works. Okay. And and then anytime we say the word vengeance, I'm totally taking a shot of Patron. <laughs> That's that's our word of the night. Okay. Yes. Nope. I'm good with that. Vengeance is <laughs> okay. the word of the night. Well, I decided uh, and found not decided, but I found something at the liquor store the other day. It's a little uh, little uh, four pack of mini bottles from the good Ooh. folks at Glenlivet. Nice. Little, little scotch action, and uh, it's got some good stuff. A uh, little mini bottle of 14 year old cognac cask selection. The 12-year-old European and American oak, the Founders Reserve. And then the my favorite of the Glenlivet line is the Caribbean Reserve. So right now I'm drinking the 14-year-old cognac cast. Good stuff. Good, good. Glenlivet really doesn't make a bad scotch. All of their flavors are good. But yes, I'm saving the Caribbean Reserve for last because it's my my absolute favorite. Yeah, let's do a little news. Welcome to the weekly report for Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Well, we got an obituary this week. Oh, no. Let's see if anybody knows who this is. Uh, Mitchell Ryan passed away at the age of 88 of heart failure. Quiz time, Angie. Mitchell Ryan, who is he? No fucking idea. All right. Fair enough. So he was the general, the big bad guy in the first Lethal Weapon film. Okay. You remember Gross Point Blank? Yes. He was Mini Driver's dad. Oh, okay. He was Q- yeah, Cusack's target in that. He was the asshole boss in Liar Liar. Uh, yeah, he's po- he was uh, uh, Riker's dad in Star Trek The Next Generation. So he's character actor. He's been around uh, quite a bit. So, yes, poor Mitchell Ryan. Racing, your gla- racing my glass. Yes, pouring one out for you, buddy. Hey, those motherfuckers at Disney today decided... Fuck it. Let's go ahead and drop a teaser trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Was not ex- was not expecting that. Holy shit. You had me at Duel of the Fates. As soon as that came on, I my nipples became erect. I mean, it was <laughs> like, oh, God. Uh, we've got the return of Space Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's, ro- he's rocking the mullet again. It's not, mm. it's not as bad as Attack of the Clones mullet. It's, yeah. it's a nice, it's kind of, it's a little better, a little more subtle, which is good. I am really looking forward to just seeing how broken that character is. 
He looks so defeated in the trailer and just how, how does he pick up his life after everything that he knows and everyone that he loves and cared about? Well, he doesn't, he's a Jedi, he doesn't love, Mm -hmm. but everything he, he cared about is gone, destroyed. Absolutely. Well, Ewan McGregor is amazing. So I'm super looking forward to this. And I'm really, I'm really happy that we get to see Tatooine again because God knows we haven't had enough of it, right? <laughs> Nowhere near. No, I need more. <laughs> I need all the Tatooine. How are we going to get more Tuscan Raider, you know, uh, lore in there as well? Maybe. I mean, there could be a reason. It could happen. It it could potentially happen. But no, the thing I'm most excited about. Uh, the fucking Inquisitors are in this. The Grand Inquisitor is in this. Holy shit, all of my Rebel boners are being satisfied. God damn it, I need to watch Rebels! This sh- this fucking show, I, I am going to love it. And we didn't even get any Hayden Christensen, Darth Vader in this teaser. And we still have that to look forward to. Oh, have they said he was going to be in Oh it? yeah, it's it's confirmed. Hayden Christensen will be in this. Darth Vader is going to be in this. Nice. Oh. Oh, yeah really excited yeah did they say when may may, no. may 25th nice that cannot come fast enough for me i know right <laughs> i'm dying for this show hey look i'm excited for moon night at the end of the month i really am but i'm god damn it i need some obi-wan kenobi i cannot wait <laughs> you got anything angie yeah so um haha, i'm gonna steal it uh the batman has uh, a spinoff coming Oh, They're I, I going was going to do it on the penguin. I wasn't going to talk about that at the end of our review at all. That's fine. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. They, hey, I, I was. I'm, I just have to steal your thunder. <laughs> that's okay. Yes, the penguin is getting a an HBO Max spinoff with uh, Mr. Farrell in it. I am excited. Are you... <sighs> and I will explain why when we do our movie uh, review. Okay. Uh, fine. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm gonna have to proofread your shit before we go on next time. Jesus uh, well, Christ! Uh, yeah, well, I actually tried to steal your thunder on that one. So. Yes, you did. Great, <laughs> great. Thank you. Uh, any more Batman-related news? You go ahead and and hold off on that till we get I to to the, the preview or the, to the review. Thank you. Hey, uh, I did send you a, a couple trailers, right? Mm-hmm. She's like homework, you motherfucker. I like when yeah, I it wasn't so bad. I like when <laughs> I said the, those to you last night. Is that it? <laughs> Wait, last time I was on, we reviewed like five trailers. So I, I mean, two, not a big deal. Right. I only sent you two. Had no idea that the Obi Wan trailer was going to come out today. That I, I well, had and then no I control. sent you one kind of back. I was like, hey, did you watch this one? Are we going to talk about this one? So yeah. Quid pro quo. That's what I yes. say. Uh, the first is Deep Water, uh, starring Ben Affleck, and uh, I'm going to fuck this up. Is it Ana de Armas? Sounds about right. Okay. So uh, the synopsis on this, a well-to-do husband who allows his wife to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce becomes a prime suspect in the disappearance of her lovers. I got a real unfaithful vibe off of this. To tell you the truth, I was kind of drawn in, and I'm kind of get it and i think it'll be awesome it looks really good hey the tagline for this should be mommy likes to fuck daddy likes to cuck and i'm i'm down yeah and i know people that that's not a problem with no, so it's, it's not i just hope that we get full-on explicit material 
I feel like this, I, I don't know where uh, Ana Diarmas is at as far as nudity, but we don't need another timid 50 shades of gray shit. We don't need, do you remember that movie Femme Fatale back in 2002? It had Rebecca Romaine in it and Antonio Banderas. No, I don't It's kind of a that. spy film a little bit. I, I don't know. It was a shit movie, but they promoted it as this just, sex charge spy mm-hmm. thriller shit's gonna get nasty you know blah 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 she doesn't even get naked in the fucking movie oh i'm sorry we get a little side boob that's it right no i i, I want more than side boob side boob in this okay i need it i think there was one no maybe it was off screen i don't know they were dating at the time they filmed this so we may get some pretty <sighs> steamy stuff how does affleck do this how i I don't know god damn he must have a 15 inch cock or his tongue works really well i don't know which but damn i would say generally tongue is more important than cock i (laughs) as i get older i realize that (laughs) moving on the next one uh, we watched was The Bubble. Uh, a group of actors and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempts to complete a film. Holy fuck, am I jacked for this? This looked hilarious. I know, it looks hilarious. Yes. I cannot wait. No, I, I can't. I was actually really happy because the trailers you sent, I'm like, God damn, I want to watch. Both of them, you know, right? Both of them. They both look amazing, and I'm excited about watching both of them and i don't get excited at trailers that much anymore and those two i was like yes i must watch yeah agree i judd apatow's directing it this fucking cast karen galan uh benedict cumberbatch pedro pascal kate mckinnon leslie mann david duke that's out of nowhere keegan michael key fred armison peter serafinowitz and rob delaney uh i'm in sign me up now take my money yeah <laughs> at first the the first uh scene in the trailer i was like oh shit what is this bullshit i cannot deal with this and then all of a sudden it's like it breaks open i'm like yes <laughs> i was getting this whole sci-fi channel like jurassic park ripoff vibe yeah and then yes they pull the rug out from under you and i'm like okay i'm in i, yeah, I, need, exactly. to, I need to watch this <laughs> i love that they're poking fun at the pandemic because it's not too soon Nope. We need to make fun of it. Oh, absolutely. Because how else are we going to continue on? And I have not doing that. I outside of like documentaries and everything else, a lot of most films have not touched this, this subject it. matter. They've really pushed it to the side. And I'm yeah. sure this just because people don't want to be, they feel like people don't want to be reminded of it, but dude, we need to see some humor in this. Cause fuck, it has been a depressing, you know, almost three years now so yeah all right my next thing is uh some movies uh their release dates got pushed back god damn it you stole my thunder yes (laughs) fuck you i know so they're all dc movies so black adam has been uh, moved from july 29th to october 21st the uh animated dc league of super pets has been pushed from May 20th to July 29th, uh, Aquaman 2 is now going to be landing on March 17th of 2023. The Flash got pushed back again, June 23rd, 2023. 
Shazam Fury of the Gods got moved up from next year to December 12th of this year. So they, they must have some faith. I kind of have an idea as to why this happened. May is when Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out. It releases May 6th. Now, that's obviously a couple weeks you know, before May 20th, which is kind of what started this domino effect. But I kind of think that that might be why this is getting pushed. Um, and then there was something else that was, oh, Avatar was coming out at the same time as one of the other ones, too. And that's why they pushed that one back. Oh, do people actually um, give a shit about that? Uh, yeah. Um, Aquaman 2. It was the same day as Avatar 2. So they pushed that one back. I too. say fucking bring it on. Put them together. I so. I'm not. It's been so long since Avatar came out. Exactly. It's like it's off the radar. It is. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. We, I, that was our, our, our age rage when that came out. I mean, we were, we were the <laughs> core audience for that movie. And yes, eh, it was fine. We reviewed it many, many, many episodes ago. And it, I, it's better than I remembered it being, but I'm not rushing to the theaters to go see that. And I think anybody who's significantly younger than us, they, they never saw Avatar in the theater. They saw it on TV. I don't think my son's even seen it at this point. And he's 13. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's prime movie. Like, he gets excited about going to the movies. I don't anymore. I'm like, I can't pause to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. This is where our bladder dictates where we like to watch movies now. That's exactly that's where, we, <laughs> that's where we are. Yay. So, I yeah, I... I think people are going to be more interested in going to see Aquaman than they are going to go, to go see a movie that's been gestating now for what? Two decades. Yep. Cause what, when, did, or well, maybe a decade. When did the first avatar come out? What was it? 2010. You're asking. Yeah. I think it, it was around no 20, 2010. I remember it was like the beginning of the year 2010, but whatever. So yeah, fuck that. I am more pissed about The Flash than I am any of those other movies. So have they finished filming on that? I don't know. Oh, uh, well, usually, you know, they you, you uh, know when uh, they've stopped production. I haven't. By the way, Avatar, December 18th, 20, 2009. Okay. So I was in the ballpark. Yes. Okay. I remember going and seeing it, I think, New Year's Day 2010. So, Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know what the status is on the production for The Flash. So I I think it's going to... I mean, obviously, this gives them a shit ton of time to tinker on it and do reshoots. I don't, I don't think any of this is born out of the movies not being ready for their target mm-hmm. release date. I think it just has to do with they don't want to compete with stuff. Yeah. It, it seems like it, based on what they moved and when they moved it to. Right. So we'll see. What else you got? Um, Dune Part Two, Florence Pugh. Oh, I am excited about her playing Princess Irulan. So, you know what disappointed me about that news? I'm uh, I I love Florence Pugh. I do yeah. very much. But also in that article, it mentioned that Denny Villeneuve has not started the script for the fucking movie. Wait, what? The, the article no, that, I, that I read... I didn't, s- that was not in my article. Okay, so. <laughs> the, the article I read said he has not... Either he is 
in like the preliminary stages of writing the script. Bottom line, script's not fucking done for the movie yet. So when the hell is this going to come out? 2024? I, I don't know. Well, I can't imagine they're going to wait too long. I mean, it was such a big hit and everybody's like, you you can't. Was, yeah. You, you got to strike while the iron's hot with this. Now I don't want them rushing anything out, but I, I, one would think next year that gives them right. two years to put it together. But if they haven't gotten the, the script done, fuck that's, yeah. that's troubling. I understand they're pulling it off of, you know, another, you know, Herbert novel. So, you know, They've got source material. The sets are all built. Hopefully they left them up. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was troubling. So yeah, we'll see. Hey, Picard season two came out this week, yes. this last week, season episode one. Ooh, baby. It's going to be. I haven't watched it yet. I need to. That's I probably okay. should have. I will not spoil for you. I think you. Yeah, you I should watch it. I can't be spoiled. No, no, no. Say whatever it, you it's, need it's to. okay. I. It was. It was a fine setup episode for the season. You got a a trailer at the end of it for what is upcoming through the season. Uh, it, it's they're doing time travel. I already talked about it, so I'll I'll deal with it. It was just ha- I was happy to see everybody in it, and of course seeing John Delancey. As Q, mm-hmm. oh my God, memories. <laughs> Here's my concern with it. Uh, Sir Pat there is, he, God, he's looking rough in this. Oh, really? He's really, the voice is cracking terribly. He, he just seems very feeble. And I thought, yeah. you know, in, in the show, you know, Picard is, is 97 years old. So I thought, okay, maybe he's just playing it up that he's a, you know, just a clumsy old man, you know, type situation. But I went and saw some interviews of him promoting it and he sounds exactly the same. He's 81 now. Do you know that? Yeah, but that's still, that's. No, I, 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 I get it. He, that's not, <sighs> that's not super old, but it's concerning. It is concerning, but also Betty White made it to 99 right you know and i look at my grandma who's 95 and i don't know my 93 my grandmother's 93 but she's a fucking train wreck so <laughs> i don't know yeah. what to expect I mean, other here. than my grandmother's memory she's pretty good right so. well uh, the good news is uh jerry ryan tweeted seven of nine uh, mm-hmm. tweeted that they have finished uh, filming season three already. Okay. So then we're good. And that's, I mean, and that's it. That's the end of the series. They're, they're, they're only going three seasons. So I, well, I I'm I happy. I like that. Yes, I, I do like too. series that have a definitive end. I don't like this. Oh, we're just going to keep going on because it's popular and we're making money. No, I mean, have an idea of your roadmap. It doesn't have to be like set in stone, but have a roadmap. So the fact that they've said, Hey, we've already done season two's releasing now. They finished photographer or principal photography on season three, and it has a definitive end. It means that we get a full, complete story, even if something happens. Agreed. To Sir Pat. Yeah. So. No, agreed. I'm I'm happy about that. I I always am. I yeah. Something doesn't need to go on. Like I think the Flash is getting renewed for a ninth season on the CW. And yeah. I'm just like okay well whatever you guys need to do um but no I, I i like that there is a beginning a middle and an end and i think that needs to happen with more of these shows 
So speaking of Star Trek, uh, you sent me a lovely tra- trailer for uh, a little teaser for Strange New Worlds. Very uh-huh. exciting. I just it looks good. Yeah, it does. I just recently started watching Discovery. I have not watched Discovery, but and I would because I haven't. The Paramount Plus has been one streaming service uh, that I have not uh, consistently bought into. <laughs> So, um, I will have to resubscribe pretty soon, but not there yet. That's okay. I'm stealing it from somebody else. So I'm sorry, borrowing it from someone else. So, you know, I should talk to someone about sharing because I still have quite a few streaming services myself and like doing kind of a trade for trade. I think, I think there's nothing wrong with an exchange program. My, my only you know, requirement is they create their own, you know, little profile so that they don't fuck with the shit fuck I'm watching. my algorithm? Yes. Yeah, never fuck with my algorithm. No. no, bad things will happen to you if you fuck with my <laughs> algorithm. But I, I am in, I'm about, I think I've got three episodes left in the first season of Discovery. I'm really digging this show. I'm liking yeah. it a lot. And I know it, I know. it took a lot of fucking heat when it first came out. And I'm, I can kind of understand why, because it's very much in tone and in scope, kind of like Deep Space Nine, where they mm-hmm. were dealing with the Dominion War in Deep Space Nine. This one's all about the Klingon War. Right. So I, I can understand why people might have a beef with it, because it's not dealing with space exploration and going to new planets and meeting new aliens. It's all about this war with the Klingons. And honestly, there's only one character that I really haven't liked in this, and he's about to go bye-bye. So I'm very excited about that. So I, I dig this show, and I haven't even, as I understand it, uh, you know, Pike doesn't even get introduced until, I think, season two. So I still have that to look forward to, which, of course, will tie into Strange New Worlds. So I'm, I'm down. I tried to finish Voyager. I tried. Oh, did you, you bailed? I, I bailed. I couldn't, dude, I got through, I didn't, I couldn't even get through the first half of the first season. I just couldn't do it. Oh, really? It's God, that show's so bad. I know it got better later, but fuck man. <laughs> I I thought about skipping it ahead. I, I think the first season of Voyager is worse than the first season of, of uh, next generation. And that's a bad season. That's that a is a bad season. Bad <laughs> fucking season of television. But I, I can't do it. I just I just can't. So I jumped onto Discovery and I was like, oh wow, I'm fucking loving this shit. So Well, now I have to go and watch it. I already have so many shows I watch. I know. It's really <laughs> you, you just have to kind of get tunnel vision and just focus on it and just watch it every chance you get. And this is why I don't sleep at night because I'll knock out three, four episodes in a night. And the next thing I know, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, fuck. What have I done? Wow. Yeah. Well, today's going to be a shit day at the office. Here we go. That's good times. It's good times. Oh, crummy Josh. Yes. <laughs> what else you got there, Ange? Oh, I'm good. I you. That was all my stuff. Excellent. I, much. I have more. I have okay. an amazing announcement. So... Uh, the premiere numbers for Reacher on Amazon Prime uh, beat The Wheel of Time to become Amazon's biggest hit. That has to be really big because that's kind of crazy. 
once again another show that I probably should watch. I am a fan. I am a fan of the Jack Reacher series, uh, mm-hmm. the books. I mildly enjoyed the Tom Cruise film adaptations of it, but as I understand it, this uh, this show is actually really fucking good. I mean, even my parents are liking this show. So I saw a couple of friends post about it, so I'm like, yeah. oh, god damn it. Well, and it's got Alan Richson in it, and I love him. He he was in uh, uh, Titans. He's playing Hawk in that. Just big, big old corn-fed boy. You'll you'll see it. But mm-hmm. he's he's got he's a pretty good actor. He's got he's got some chops, but he's funny, very sarcastic. And uh, so yeah, I'm gonna check that out. That's gonna be a while though. Yeah, I still gotta finish the Jack Ryan series on Prime. Prime Prime is always the one that ends up getting pushed to the back. For some I, reason. I noticed that with me too. I am up to date on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel right now. Yeah. But have... it took me forever to do Man in the High Castle. It took me a uh, wheel of time I stayed up on because well, it's your wheel thing. Of time. Yeah. But that that's my thing. And I liked where they went with it. But m- most of the time I don't go to Prime for streaming stuff. Yeah. I found that my default is still Netflix. And I don't know why. I'm more Disney Plus now than anything, but yeah, Netflix would probably be a close second. I'm I Paramount Plus has some stuff that I enjoy. Obviously, all the Star Trek, so I, I mm-hmm. that's that's a, a safe place to go if I want to. But yeah, I started The Man in the High Castle, got three episodes in, and I enjoyed it. I just never got back to it. Right. And I, I find that happens with a lot of these Prime series. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I will... I don't know. To be honest, I'm not watching that much TV right now either. Oh, well, that's a problem. So, there you go. Well, hey, we'll get into it. You remember last <laughs> week uh, when uh, Rodney and I talked about uh, Mr. Sam Elliott's uh, little tirade about uh, Power of yeah. the Dog? Yeah. Well, guess what? Mr. Cumberbatch had a response to him. I heard about that. Please tell me more. Yes, and I quote, I'm trying very hard not to say anything about a very odd reaction that happened the other day on a radio podcast over here. Applying the U.S. Mm-hmm. Cumberbatch said, without meaning to stir over the ashes of that, someone really took offense to, I haven't heard it, so it's unfair for me to comment in detail on it. To the West being portrayed in this way. Beyond that reaction, that sort of denial that anybody could have any other, Jesus, God, that's a weird quote, have any other than a heteronormative existence because of what they do for a living or where they're born. There's also a massive intolerance within the world at large towards homosexuality still and toward an acceptance of the other and anything kind of difference. It's not a history lesson. I copied and pasted Mm -hmm. this. This is not my bad writing. Uh, These people still exist on our world, Cumberbatch said, whether it's on our doorstep or whether it's down the road or whether it's someone we meet in a bar or pub or on the sports field, there is aggression and anger and frustration and an inability to control or know who you are in that moment that causes damage to that person and, as we know, damage to those around them. He added, there's no harm in looking at a character to get to the root causes of that. This is a very specific case of repression, but also due to an intolerance for that identity that Phil is that he can't fully be. The more we look under the hood of toxic masculinity and try to discover the root causes of it, the bigger chances we have of dealing with it when it arises with our children. 
Hey, mm-hmm. Sam, this is how you have healthy discourse. Yep. That's called classy right there. Very classy. Very classy. I love Benedict. <laughs> no, and everything he's saying is really true. And Sam Elliott, like, cowboys can't be gay. Everybody. They're, every walk of life, every part of the world, there are gay people. And they have been gay people for the extent of human existence. There are gay fucking gorillas. So for someone to say that is just like. Well, they're, they're not human. But I'll go back to Roman times where it was perfectly acceptable to have exactly. a, a same-sex lover. There was no problems with that. It was expected. Right. People with high status always. So, yeah. I Sam, dude, like I said last week, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Take that shit home. Keep it to yourself. Read a book. Have a conversation. Why don't you and Benedict Cumberbatch sit down and have a real conversation? You think he would? Probably not. <laughs> I would hope he would. I don't know. It's just incredibly disappointing with him. And it really is. But yes, uh, Benedict, class act all day. He's a national treasure. He is. National treasure. Last thing I have, uh, this is for the why segment will smith and michael b jordan will star and produce in an i am legend follow-up feature penned by akiva gold akiva goldsman details Mm -hmm. about the new movie including its plot and who will direct are scarce as it is still in development will smith died at the end of i am legend yes how in the fuck are we gonna do a movie with the two actually I kind of thought about this and and I know exactly what's going to happen. Michael B Jordan will be playing his son grown up mm-hmm. and he'll find right. his dad's lab and we'll find a bunch of recordings from dad. Like video yeah. recordings and shit like that. That's ex- that's what they're going to do. Probably what's going to happen. It's been a long time since I watched I Am Legend so I can't speak intelligently about it but yeah i could see that's kind of the way it yeah that would work out really well and it could be a really good movie unless they decide to acknowledge that the alternate ending was better where will smith lived that that could work maybe because in the in the theatrical version he blew himself up right at the at the end in the 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 alternate cut he ends up giving the vampire thingy that he was you know testing to its mate and they left him alone and they left and that was it and he continued on to work on his cure and he realized that he was worse than them because of the things he was doing much better in ending much much more kind of thought-provoking uh but they decided grenade was better so (laughs) Well, they may acknowledge the alternate ending and just run off that, which would be interesting too. I didn't really care for the first film. I, I really did. It was it was okay. We've yeah. seen it before. We've seen this movie. It had been done many, many times. And yeah. I like Will Smith as much as the next person, but come on. Ah, guy. Well, you know Hollywood can't do anything new. Well, they have to rehash everything and reboot and sequelize or prequelize everything. It's like there are so many wonderful stories out there that are not getting told. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's what exactly. happens. Exactly. 
All right, enough of this new shit. I've been fucking holding off now for several days, and I need to fucking get to it. Can we go to the fucking movies now, please? Well, it's finally fucking here. The Batman! The Batman. We waited and we waited, and now it has arrived. Hey, came out March 4th, 2022. Wasn't that like less than a week ago? Very nice. Rated PG runtime, two hours and 55 minutes. Let's just call it three hours, guys. Okay. Yeah. Let's just call it three hours. Synopsis. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. This is uh, directed by Matt Reeves. We all know who Matt Reeves is. If you like monkeys, go watch his movies. Uh, it's written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. Uh, of course, Batman based on characters created by Bill Finger, because he deserves the credit, and Bob Kane, who stole all the credit. Moving on. Cast. I think Robert Pattinson was Batman. Zoe Kravitz was Selena Kyle. Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. Colin Farrell as The Penguin. Paul Dano as the Riddler, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, Andy Serkis as Alfred, Peter Sarsgaard, not Sarsgaard, Sarsgaard, as uh, District Attorney Gil Coulson, and Barry Keegan as Unseen Arkham Prisoner, and we'll get into that. Worldwide box office, this motherfucker had a big opening weekend. $134 million domestic. That's pretty good. 258 worldwide. Spider-Man No Way Home opened at 260. So it was right. So almost there. It was almost there. It was very close. This yeah. had a this had a budget of 200 fucking million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It'll well, ma- hey, so they made a little bit of money on they, it. They made so far. They made 58 million so far. That's great. No, I I think this is going to do fine as I understand it. The Monday numbers were also out of control, so this movie is is going to do just fine, I think. Yeah. Rotten Tomato score. Critics, 86%. Audience, 89 Oh, my God. I had a moment when I finished watching this. I don't know how to describe it. I didn't know how I felt about this film. I think the best word I can use is gobsmacked. Go ahead and look that up, kids. Gobsmacked by this. It took me several days of going back and forth in my head, revisiting scenes, just trying to figure out how I felt about it. I knew I liked it. I just couldn't figure out how much I liked it. And I don't know if that's a good sign or not. But this morning in the shower, I finally kind of came to my conclusion as to where I am. I really like this movie a lot. I really enjoyed it. I'll get into why, but I'm going to give this, I'm going to break a rule on the show. It's going to get a 4.5 out of five because a four isn't good enough for it, in my opinion, but it's not quite a five there. There were some issues that I had They're nitpicky, but overall I thought this was a great, great Batman film. Angie. So like you, it took me a while to figure out where I, Am. And I don't think I even have figured out where I am on this movie. So my rating is a three to a five star oh, somewhere in wow. there. I am a pussing out on this one because I, I'm still struggling to, I liked it, but I 
How many days ago? How how many days have gone by since you've seen it? I watched it on Sunday. Uh, four. Four days. Okay. Yeah. I can understand where you're coming from. There was a lot of. That's a very long movie. There is a lot of information to assimilate. And I, go ahead. Yeah, and I I like I liked the direction it took, and I liked. I liked the tone of the movie. I don't know if it was. I was in the right headspace for the tone at that time too. And I don't want to discount the movie because of that. Okay. Cause I think it was really good. So I, I don't know. I think it probably will get better on rewatch to be honest. And I just didn't have that opportunity. I, that is one thing that I think both of us could benefit from is a rewatch. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to watch this again. Fortunately right. couldn't do it, but I this I have to say this is probably out of all Batman's big screen adventures this is the most unique and grounded take on the character that I have ever seen. And even though I haven't read the comics I feel like this movie is probably closer to Batman in the comics than anything else that we've seen. Yes, and I was just about to say that. This is the um, most comic yeah. accurate Batman that I have been privy to. They yeah. hit the nail on the fucking head. They followed a couple of storylines, Batman Year One, The Long Halloween, Batman Earth One, and some of the aesthetic choices they pulled out of the Arkham games. His suit, that's straight out of the fucking Arkham games. Oh, okay. I mean, 100%. This, I, I mean, Jesus Christ, this was like a, a fucking neo-noir crime thriller. Yes. And it, and, and it mixed with a touch of seven. There was some seven in here. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes. And I, even a little bit of Saw, but more seven than Saw. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, yeah, it, it was astonishing. And, and when I say grounded, I mean... The stuff in this, there was no fluff. There was no fantastical crap in it. You looked at it as something, in my mind, that a person could potentially do. Mm-hmm. There was no crazy bat copter, bat wing, bat boat, him, you know, swinging through buildings and, and doing shit like that. It was, it was. God, I hate to use the word grounded again, but it was just grounded. There wasn't a fantastical element to it. He didn't have superpowers, which was very nice because Batman has always been Batman because of technology, not because of superpowers. So uh, that was a really good. I really like that about that. Other than his suit could take like six billion. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. No, I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly is that this was an accurate rep- representation of a character of a person that had no powers. Mm-hmm. I think that's the closest that they have come. Even in the Bale movies, he did some shit that you're just like, aha, uh-huh, okay, whatever, right. dude. You're driving in the Batmobile over buildings, over rooftops. Okay, right. sure, sure, whatever, man. That's fine. So let me bring up a couple things I didn't like. Okay. I never, ever expected this to have a lack of action in it, but (laughs) I felt like that it needed 
maybe one or two more set pieces. Yep. Because a couple of the set pieces were not good. And I'm speaking more specifically to the end fight uh, in the little stadium there on the catwalk. Right. I wasn't particularly happy with that. Yeah. But I just feel like we God, and I hate being that shallow guy, but it is a Batman movie. Right. I loved all, all of the, the storylines, the dialogue. I mean, I loved every aspect of that fucking loved it. Needed a little more of Batman kicking the shit out of people. Right. Just a little bit, not a lot, yeah. just maybe a, it, a scene more or two out of that. It felt like we waited so long for action when we got it. It was great, but then it also, the action scene went on too long. If that makes any sense. I felt like it went too long a little bit. Are you, especially wh- wh- the car chase. Oh, I see. I, I enjoyed the shit out of that. Uh, maybe because I'm not a gearhead or something. Well, like I'm that. not a gear. Dude, I, I don't know shit either. But I mean, Jesus Christ, it was basically a muscle car with a jet turbine strapped to the back of it. Well, that was That's pretty cool. The most realistic looking Batmobile, Batmobile I've seen so far. Absolutely. It was, <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the great things about it. It was like, yeah, he had technology, but nothing was out of like way out there in left field and stuff like that. And I really like that. Yes, about it, it. it very much was. I, I will speak to the runtime right up front. It was about 20 minutes longer than it needed to be. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. Ha- yeah. About 20 minutes longer. But I don't know what they would actually cut. See, it and did feel like the that's, movie. And, yeah, that's, that is the thing is that, and that's, I, I did that mental exercise of what could they have trimmed out of this and all of it. Fit. I mean, you needed all to have every fit. part. It all worked. And everybody's like, well, he sat there and just looked a lot. But I was like, every single time he was quiet and just watching or noticing something or you're looking at that stuff, it had meaning in every single one of those. Here's the thing, though. Just because it all fit together, it all needed to be there, doesn't mean that it was good because of the three hours. Right. You still, you could have compacted a few things here and there, but yeah, some of the scenes were nothing where not scenes, but shaving a little bit here, a little bit there. You're going to get five minutes off of that maybe. And that's it because yeah. the rest of it. So is it just because they couldn't kind of, you know, constrict a little bit on the script, on the script, contract a little bit maybe, but I, yeah, I, I wanted to sit down and watch this all the way through. Mm-hmm. But I got to that point where 20 minutes left, I got to fucking pee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my ass I, is, I managed yes, to not. Yes. I <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't go pee, but I you know, it it was there. I I had to do it. All right, let's talk about Pattinson. Go ahead. No, you go first. I thought for what they gave him to do, he did an excellent job. They didn't ask a lot of him in this. They didn't give him a lot of dialogue. His acting was through his body language and his eyes. He said so much with his eyes in this. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of emoting going on. It was just, he was very, but not stiff. That's the thing. He wasn't stiff. He was very 
it, I just like the 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 quietness of his performance. It was in, very very subtle. I like that he was soft spoken in this. I think he did a fine job. I don't have any complaints. No, I don't have any complaints about him either. I know that a lot of pe- people I've talked to about the movie have been worried about the you know sparkly vampire vibes. I I I agree with you. He did a really great job, even when and he spends most of the time in the bat suit. So um, there is he did a great job with his eyes and stuff like that. And when he was out of the bat suit, you could see. I don't want to say emo kid, but you could totally see how tortured he was out of it. And I think he did a good job with that too. I saw Batman in his second year of his mission and he was focused on his mission and nothing else. He didn't give a fuck about anything else going on. He didn't give a fuck about being Bruce Wayne and keeping that whole thing going. He didn't care about having a relationship with, with Catwoman until later in the film. But that's what we, that was the character journey we went on in this film was him just being solely focused on his mission to as time going on, realizing the adjustments he needed to make to that mission and the importance of being a human being in this and showing mm-hmm. some compassion and I don't want to say lightening up a bit, but yeah, kind of lightening up a little bit, making mm-hmm. himself opening up to other people because yeah. you see him in this and you see even his relationship with Alfred has not formed yet. Right. He's still, yeah. he, he respects Alfred, but he's, you know, well, you're not my dad. And as their relationship grew over the years, yes, he became a surrogate father to him. Right. And and he had nothing but the utmost respect for him. And it's the same thing with with Selena. He, you know, when they're putting the the contact in her eye, you know, and there's that moment where you think he's like getting close to kiss her to have whatever. And now he's just checking to make sure the fucking contact is working. That's it. Because that's how detached he is. And I, I thought they did a brilliant job with that. This is yeah, not no. this this is not a fully formed Batman. This is not a fully formed Bruce Wayne. the 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 test is going to be in the next film to see where he is at as they give him more to do as far as the Bruce Wayne side of things. Because, go ahead. And I don't know enough about the comics to see where they they will go with that. So it, it'll be very interesting because there was a lot of growth in this one, but I don't know how far away from actual Batman comics it would get with, with the continued growth. Or maybe he backslides. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Well, like I said, they, they incorporated aspects of, of Batman year one in this. I know they said it was his second year, but the things that he was doing were very much Batman year one. Okay. Which is a brilliant comic by Frank Miller. It was basically they they redefined Batman's origin. The other one they took from was uh, Batman: The Long Halloween, which pound for pound for me is my favorite Batman series mm-hmm. ever made. I I fucking love it. It's a it's a gorgeous gorgeous story. Tim Sale, Jeff Loeb, and much of the plot was was derived from that particular thing. So yes, it was. It was reflective of the comics. The, the problem was is that they told said it was year two when 
he was doing stuff that was more year one-ish. Because by year two, he was starting to get comfortable with what he was doing. He was starting to build relationships as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and understanding that Bruce Wayne had value. It was important yes. for him to maintain that side of his identity. I agree. So this was a, this was a nice little starter thing. Let's talk about uh, Zoe Kravitz. What do you think? I think she was fantastic in this film. I I love how subtle they actually played the whole Catwoman thing too. So, and I think the chemistry between her and Robert Pattinson actually really worked for this. She, I, I loved just from a physical appearance. It it was a nice blend of Anne Hathaway, and but the costume reminded me of Michelle Pfeiffer a little bit. I mean, it was yes. it was just the perfect blend, and she played that femme fatale role to mm-hmm. a T. Yes. Yes. At the end, she kind of was a little bit of a damsel in distress, but for the most part, throughout the entire film, she was self-sufficient, didn't need shit from it. You know, didn't need help from anybody. She knew what she was doing. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to go on record. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is my Catwoman. I would totally go on record uh, with that too. I, I think she was amazing in it. She was amazing. And I just, I love the way they did everything about the Catwoman role, the costume, grounded in realism you know i think that's one of the things that was special about this movie overall everything was grounded in realism she's wearing a she's wearing what you think she would be wearing running around on a motorcycle kicking ass being a cat burglar you know breaking into buildings and she was i don't know yeah it was good and she i, I like the whole thing and she had a, a progression her character had a progression throughout the course of the film from she was different from you know where she started to the end of the film she had to yeah. deal with her own shit and carmine falcone being her father is comic accurate it's another oh, really? thing that's comic that's... accurate nice i know right and her little mask, even though it had little ears on it, was nothing like Anne Hathaway's fucking whatever the hell she had on her head and how it was goggle. I, I don't I still don't get that. And it wasn't latex like, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's outfit was. Don't get me wrong. I hey, I love Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Look, Batman Returns, I like I love Batman Returns more than I like Batman eighty nine. And I know that's sacrilege, but we're gonna move on. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, very good in this. Good Gort, good Commissioner Gordon. Yes, right on par with Gary Oldman. I thought he was a, a, a nice foil to Pattinson. I think so too. I mean, I've always loved the actor since I saw him in Westworld. So, um, but yeah, no, he was great. I loved. Yeah, I love Jeffrey Wright. I, I fucking yeah. love the guy. He, he, yeah. He's one of those that just pop. He's he's a he's a Mitchell Ryan. He just kind of pops up everywhere. You don't realize you're seeing him. I mean, Jesus Christ, the first fucking episode of this show, what did we review? A movie with Jeffrey Wright in it. It was, he actually starred in it, you know, because Talon (laughs) and I were big fans of him and I'm obviously still am a big fan of him. Let's talk about Colin Farrell though. Didn't recognize him at all. Unrecognizable, great performance criminally underused in it however we know he's getting his own series i am fucking jacked for that i think it'll be good i like the fact that they kind of once again 
what is great about the film is how grounded it is in realism. Yes. Like, yeah, you could totally see him as a mob boss and kind of see where he got this nickname. And it's not because he's running around with on ice with a bunch of, you know, people in tuxes and shit like that. So I like that. Again, very comic accurate is the way he looks is, is right out of the Arkham games. Oh, really? But he was a, a crime boss. Actually, at one point in the comics, he was like a, a, a businessman who was trying to um, ha- do a hostile takeover of Wayne Enterprises. He did try to run for mayor at one point. He was he was a legitimate businessman. And I love the way they put the character in. Because that makes... The one thing about this movie is that everything makes more sense to me, I think then yeah no i like i like the movie i'm probably getting i'm we're up at a four solid now Ah. as i talk about it i haven't had part of the reason is i haven't had the chance to actually talk about the movie or talk about my feelings i understand on uh, on the movie because i haven't wanted to spoil anybody and everybody's like what do you think about the movie i was like it's long (laughs) wow so (laughs) well i tell you what can you make me this promise by the end of our review can you give uh me a definitive review or i'm sorry definitive score can you do that yes all right perfect that's a deal that's a deal not like we're keeping track though (laughs) yes i am i'm paying attention i'm not drunk okay i'm not drunk yet. All right, let's talk about the disappointing performance in this. Paul Dano, I was disappointed. Okay. I was fine with him up until he unmasked, and then he became incredibly irritating. I was really hoping that Daniel Day-Lewis would show up just to club him to death with a bowling pin. Oh. Let there be blood? Yeah. Anyone? No? Okay. No, sorry. Yeah. Daniel Plainview just coming in and fucking him up. I found him very whiny at the end. I thought yeah. he did, with the mask on that entire time. I thought I thought he did a great job. I re- I really right. did. I it just didn't work for me. I guess he end. needed to be wrapped up in Saran wrap in order to. Oh play God, the that was correctly. so funny. That was so fucking funny. At the beginning of the film, I really the voiceover I thought was a little cheesy, mm-hmm. but. There was some great lines in it. I mean, really great lines. You know, it, it's you know, it's not just a call; it's a warning. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love that, and I love that they juxtaposed that with three different spots where people were participating in criminal activity, and then they look up and they see the signal, and they and just like, start looking oh, in the shadows, yeah. even though he may not be there. They right. still are scared shitless because he could be there. That is the essence of the Batman. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. I mean, Jesus Christ, what were we 10 minutes into the movie? And I'm just like, holy fuck, this is great. I'm loving <laughs> the shit out of this. And yeah. then we get that great scene where he beats the fuck out of the, all the, the kids with the Joker paint on. Yep. And that was tight. Yeah, it and it was a great scene. All accurate. I keep going on about that. It, it was a good scene, and you notice, and if you look at that scene and actually the scene at the end of the movie, those two scenes are very representative of his growth arc. 
Well, yeah. If you, yeah. yeah. So, and it's great that you have this opening chapter and like this closing chapter that you can actually, you know, you can see, you see, against each other. you, you see, yeah. the, you see the progression. No, I, I yeah, agree yeah. with that. I just loved him walking out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. You hear the thud. It reminded me kind of in Glorious Bastards when, mm-hmm. you know, the bear Jew is being, beating the baseball bat up against the walls. But you just, and that score, that fucking Michael Giacchino score, just dun, 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 dun. And, and then, you know, finally coming out of the shadows. And he's not sweeping, you know, down from the, the rooftops. He's not, you know, flying in there. He's not doing anything. Dude is just walking out of the shadows, approaching these people in full fucking fight gear, dressed as Batman. Mm-hmm. Dude. That was that scene for my money was one of the best scenes in the movie, and he fucks those guys up. Yep. It's it and the, just the the scene of him taking out the leader there that was in the trailer. I still am like, God, that's fucking awesome. I love this. That was a <laughs> great scene, and you get this thing where. Again, he's not flying around. He's not, you know, dropping from the skylight. He's not doing anything else. Dude is just walking wherever mm-hmm. he goes. Yeah, he disappears, but he's just walking. He walks up to the fucking iceberg lounge and knocks on the fucking door. No, he's not crashing <laughs> down through the skylight. He's knocking on the front door. Uh, it, yes. That's <laughs> it real. Good. That's realism. Yeah, it's real in the realism. And Yes, that great. Now he's getting shot on the uh, at the front door by every person there in real life and beaten to death. But still, that's we're we're not doing this fantastical bullshit that just doesn't work. Right. I, as far as Gotham was concerned, holy shit, did Gotham look good in this? It did. It really did. It looked like Chicago slash New York. Like it was just- right. Because yeah. Burton's was something out of a gothic nightmare. Great. I loved mm-hmm. it. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy Burton's Gotham. But it was mm-hmm. just kind of, wow, way out there. Looked like Victorian right. London, you know, type of shit. Then, of course, you get to fucking Schumacher, and it's just a fucking clown shoe circus and, mm-hmm. you know, naked ma- male statues and just all this stupid shit. Nolan was good, but... All they did was film in Chicago, so you fucking knew it was Chicago. Right. And this one, they blended. They took a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, and it looked immaculate. It did not look like any other city where you could go, oh, there's a landmark. I know that they're in Canada. You know, right. stuff like that. I I love that. And the cinematography, spot on. It was yeah. gorgeous. But more important than anything else, uh, the liberal use of Nirvana, something's in the way. Yeah. That ga- that gave it an extra point right there. <laughs> Come on. It's Kurt. We I know. Respect. Good. And it fit. It yes. fit with the movie. Love that. Loved it. <laughs> so the scenes, I love the scenes where yeah, Batman and Gordon are walking 
just investigating a crime scene. They're, they're looking through a crime scene. I love that. And scene. he's walking through this hallway full of cops and they're just looking at him. I love that. It's not them at an auction trying to buy shit using the back card. It's we're at the point where in the relationship where, where Batman and Gordon have trust with each other. The cops still don't trust him, but they're not mm-hmm. trying to beat the shit out of him and arrest him. And that was what all year one was well. about. The, well, at the, the, the beginning, that's what all year one was about was him chasing and fight, you know, the cops chasing him and him fighting the cops where right. at this point there was some level of respect, but just him in the costume investigating, looking for clues to, Oh my God, that's fucking Batman and being there. And I, I love that scene. Not only because I think that was one of, one of the better scenes where he's walking in and you see all the cops being pissed that he's there, but not really willing to beat him down, but they're close. And then also him walking into the room and you can see his eyes flicking and noticing details as he did it. That really brought that, um, detective Batman into play and you're you're kind of like and the nice thing is is they kind of keep the audience a little bit in the dark about what he's seeing and what is significant about it so it kind of feeds into that mystery because you know he saw something but you don't know what it is right and I liked that part what, what is the significance of the thing that that he looked at Exactly. And, you know, the, we'll use exposition to explain it, but we're going to do it in a natural way. And all of the conversations he had with Gordon were very natural, mm-hmm. organic even. Yes. I hate that word organic, but they, but they were. And I loved those two together. They, they were the dynamic duo in this film. Mm-hmm. And you could really see a partnership grow through the film. So that was really nice. I love the connection between Batman and the mayor's son. I love that at just hit how he was seeing the comparison between what happened to him and what happened to the mayor's son. I love that. Yes. And it's so, very subtly told again. That's, that's those, the eye movements, the slight, but the body language shifts the the incredibly subtle things that Pattinson did. The gaze that lingered a little bit too uh-huh. long. All of that. Yes. It, it, great. Yeah. It, it hit. It hit hard. And as far as Catwoman was concerned, I'm, I'm going to circle back to Catwoman real quick while I'm still remembering it. But I love the fact that we w- did not have this fucking bullshit love story shoved down our throats. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was flirty. Yes, at one point she tried, you know, to, not tried, but she kissed him. They did all that. But it it just went along to show that he is dead set focused on what he is doing as Batman. Mm -hmm. And you never, I agree. Yeah. And you never got the sense that she was really, she was trying to fuck with him. I I don't know if she really, you know, had a thing for him. Yeah, she cared about him, but I think. I got the impression that she was kind of dicking with him a little bit. She was dicking with him because yeah. she was using him for her own ends, yes. which is getting, you know, who killed her friend. So I, it, it was great. And I, I love the fact that she wasn't 
all about the sex and just wanting to get in Batman's pants and all about the romance. And she definitely had her own agenda. All right. So I got to get to a set piece. Let's talk about the Batmobile chase. It was good. That was really good. That was was really 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 fucking good. good. I love that. You know, he just, the car starts and starts rubbing and everybody's like, starts freaking out. I know. They're like, what the fuck? I love that part. And then the jet engine. That's <laughs> awesome. Just watching grown men piss their pants, you know, and Penguin takes Because a, of a car. Yeah, because of a fucking car. Because this car just growls to life. And yeah, the chase scene was good. I didn't think it was overly long. I think they did it just the, the right amount of time. My bitch with the scene <laughs> is he is punching it before the ramp comes down on the car carrier. Mm, okay. How could he know that he was going to be able to jump over all that shit and not just crash into the middle of it? Maybe, I guess, he was just like, fuck it, we'll plow through, or I, I don't know what it was, but I thought that was a little cheap, but the visual on that, mm-hmm. oh my God. God, it was gorgeous. And it was... It was really nice, yeah. Oh, my God. The card, the flaming coming... It was... It's only sullied by the fact that they put it in the fucking trailer. You don't put something like that in the trailer. I'm sorry. That is too good of a scene to end up in the trailer. Look, it was still badass watching it, but it would have been so much better had it just had it been the first time I saw it. Yeah, no, I totally get that. They shouldn't have put it in the trailer. They give too much away in trailers. A lot of times. What I also liked about that part of that scene is that, you know, uh, it was a joker, right? He's thinking he get, he's getting away and he's looking back. You, you mean the, back. the penguin, the penguin. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. The penguin. <laughs> that's that's Licker. later. That's later. Lick, liquor. <laughs> uh, um, he he's, thinks he's getting away. He thinks he's getting away. And then all of a sudden, the car just comes out of the ball of flames. It was, it was a really great Co- moment. Colin Farrell's glee at the thought that he got away. That, yes, that was so exactly. funny, though. I, yeah. I love that. that. That was a great choice on his part. And the cinematography in that chase scene. I love that Reeves puts that stationary camera on the vehicle pointing, you know, shooting in the, the, towards the back of the vehicle. And you get that kind of POV shot with the goes along with the car. I love that. It gives it, it gives you an idea of, of what the driver is seeing, but also it gives you an idea of the, the, the speed that is, you know, how fast they're going in this. Right. And, you know, I, I, I love that fucking scene. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. I'm nitpicking stupid little shit, but yeah, it would have just been really nice to, when I saw it, to have that be the first time I saw it and go, oh my God, because yeah. I would have, yes, ejaculated everywhere. Okay, let's get to the armor and the bullets, okay? I fucking hated that. Yeah. I hated that. There is no armor on this planet that would allow you to take shots from automatic weapons at that closer range without knocking you on your fucking ass with broken ribs 
and clavicles and every other fucking thing you could imagine. I agree. Last bullets should have hit him. Yes. Because, yeah. And I, I think they did it a disservice by saying, because a lot of times you see him fall down. You see him take massive blows in this movie, which is nice because he gets pushed back and stuff. Him taking bullets and just walking through them was one place they lost the realism because it's okay if he hits the bolt, if he gets hit by a bullet, but knock him back. You know, there is kinetic energy behind that shit. Well, that first scene where he's beating up the Joker's kids, I'm going to just call them Joker kids. He gets hit by, by, you know, a a small handgun and it, and it, you could see his shoulder. I mean, it pushes him back. It visibly pushes him back, but you get to that tunnel scene where he's getting laced by automatic weapon fire and he's just keeps walking, keeps going. Now don't get me wrong. The visual that was awesome. Great visual. Loved their idea behind it where the only lighting was the gunfire. I thought that was really cool. But the fact that he is getting sprayed by gunfire is just, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. Batman does not get hit by bullets that much in the comics. (laughs) Now, maybe if he had the Ben Affleck suit on from, you know, Batman V Superman. Okay. That works. (laughs) but not in in this so yes that that for me was a huge swing and a miss yeah no i agree and but i love that scene i love the light of the bullet the the muzzle the muzzle flash the muzzle flashes yeah the muzzle flashes being the only lighting in that yes i thought that was fucking badass oh no like visually it's a it's fucking great i love the visual of it but then i i can't turn my brain off and go oh he's fine nothing's wrong what is he fucking superman and then of course and then of course we get to the final scene where he takes the the you know the double barrel shotgun and oh yeah now he's knocked over now he's he's hurting now it's like make up your fucking mind and the mask at the end of the towards the end of the film, he's got a, a little in, indentation in the t- in the top of his mask there. Well, yep. we saw him take it off. It was fucking rubber when he took yeah. it off in the Batcave. That's yeah. not stopping a bullet. I don't fucking care what it is. I don't care if you have reinforced Kevlar on your head. You're still going to have probably a skull fracture and a massive concussion if it stops the bullet. Yeah. Exactly. So Swing and a miss, guys. Sorry. Hey, but speaking of his mask, I love when he wakes up in the police station and they're trying to, the, the, all the cops are surrounding him and they try to go pull his mask off and he just goes fucking ham on everybody uh, in there. I know. And then that they try good. it. It's the second time. He's, he's, I'll, I'll, it's like, I'll fight fucking all of you. I don't care. Right. I love that scene. And that was another I, great scene he had with Gordon. Yes. Love that. Definite chemistry between him and, you know, Gordon in that one. I, I love it. I love the plan to, for him to escape. <laughs> right? I need you to hit me. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to hit me that hard? <laughs> right. That was a good, a good scene. I tell you what, man. I, I, I had a terrifying moment when uh, Alfred went to open the package I know. I th- I honestly thought that they were going to kill Alfred off. 
I did too. And I was like, no, you cannot kill Alfred off. Because I really like this Alfred too. Oh, I, I like lo- how uh, he I lo- was doing the ciphers and all that. I just, yeah. I love Andy Circus. Oh God, yeah. do I love him. And this Alfred was very close to the Alfred that was depicted in uh, Batman Earth One. Very okay. much where he was like a former like SAS agent who was more of a bodyguard for the Waynes than anything else. And when they died, uh, he, of course, blamed himself for what happened and, you know, t- took up the job of taking care of Bruce. Yeah. And ipso facto became a butler at that point. But right. no, Alfred can fuck some shit up. And, and I like that. Yes. And I, I- yeah. I like the character. So yes. yeah, I was like, no, you cannot die. No, he didn't. And thank God he didn't. Cause uh, yeah, I, I was going to burn the movie theater down at that point. <laughs> but I love when he, when, when he's, you know, when Batman is racing to save Alfred, once he figures out what's going on. Yeah. And that see, I know a lot of people have criticized that scene with the penguin where they, they've got him and they're interrogating him. And he's the one that kind of points out the big clue that they fucking missed out on. And they're like, oh, Batman's not such a great detective. Dude, I don't know if you noticed, but he's kind of early into his career. He's still trying to figure his shit out. Right. He's got Alfred helping him with the ciphers. He's going to make mistakes. And he made a mistake. Yeah. Give him some fucking leeway here. I mean, what what is he, 25, 26? Right. No, and that, and I think that was a great thing about it because coming back to very the realism in this one, like he's making mistakes, he's getting knocked back. Sometimes he's getting his butt kicked a little bit, and he, you know, he needs help from Alfred for doing stuff. And I liked that part of that movie of the movie because ultimately later, as there, you know, as his time goes on as Batman, he leans on Alfred hard. For lots mm-hmm. of stuff. He trusts him. He is his, you know, again, he's his father figure in this. And with the scene with them in the hospital, that that's when you kind of see Bruce's mind kind of click and go, oh, fuck. This is an important person to me. Exactly. I need him in my life because I need balance. I cannot do this mission by myself. I need Alfred with me. And yes. it's only because he almost lost Alfred that he finally real appreciated him and appreciated what he did for him, what he does and continues to do for him. And yes. I, and I like that scene. I love that. I, scene. I did too. Absolutely. And, and again, Pattinson didn't have to go to fucking master thespian actor class, you know, in that scene, he said enough with and did what he needed to do in that scene. And I yes. think restraint is fine. There is nothing wrong with restraint in these. Especially for the, the character of Batman. Right, <laughs> right. But I'll skip ahead. So Falcone gets drawn out. Riddler shoots him. Again, we're echoing very much the long Halloween. The long Halloween story, for those of you that haven't read it, Angie. Me. That's okay. So that story is about the fall of the traditional mobsters, the organized crime guys, the old, you know, the old mafiosos and the rise of the, the rogues gallery. 
the bad, okay. the 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 jokers and the the scarecrows, the the freaks as they as the mafiosos would have called them. Okay. Now in the long Halloween, it's actually the son of Carmine Falcone that's murdering all these people, but they just swapped him out for the Riddler in this, which works. It's fine. He's got right. he's got beef, and the you know plot wise it, it makes sense and and it's perfect. But again, we're getting rid of all of the corruption. All of these corrupt people are being taken out. That old way of thinking, those old school criminals are on their way out the door because there's this new generation, all inspired by Batman, that are mm-hmm. going to come up and take their place. And that's one thing you know Riddler alludes to later on. Yeah. You made me. And that's, that's a running theme in a, a lot of the Batman films, obviously. Joker said it in Dark Knight. Joker said it in Batman 89. You know, uh-huh. there's always, you know, there's, what is the, Alfred had a saying in, in the Dark Knight, just, you know, you did this thing and, and it raised it to a level to where they were going to match. Exactly. And I'm totally fucking up the quote, but I don't give a shit because that's, the gist is basically there, but... Nah, fuck all of you. <laughs> so they capture Riddler. They get him in, in you know, in the in the pokey, and and Batman comes to visit him. Now, of course, the big question is, did Riddler know that Batman was Bruce Wayne? Angie, I'd like your thoughts. I'm gonna say no. I don't think he did. Um. And for a while there, the movie had me going thinking that he did. But at, in, in the end, I don't think he did. I And I would love to say more about it, but I just I just can't come up with That's okay. Why. That's okay. I think he did. I think he did. Oh, really? And because he has this line where he refers, where he says, Batman, this is who you are. It's who's under the mask that is not you. You in this form with this mask on, this is who Batman, this is who you truly are. This is your true personality. Mm -hmm. And this is true in the comics. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Batman is the reality. And I get that. I just don't think he knows that. And I think you can, I think you could say that about Batman and just based on everything without knowing who his alter ego is you you could but i think he understood bruce wayne as well as he does it, it it required him to have an understanding of bruce wayne to make that particular observation now here's the other reason why riddler even if riddler knew he's not going to say anything about it and mm-hmm. this uh, and i'll and i'll quote the comic hush where riddler actually does figure out who batman is and I'm paraphrasing a riddle that everyone knows is worthless. Yes. So he's not going to share that information because if everybody knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman or Batman is Bruce Wayne, it means nothing to the Riddler. It means nothing. His, his, his compulsion, his psychosis will not allow him to let that out. Okay. I can see that. But the point that he makes that, Hey, you helped me with this whole thing is 100% correct. Yeah. Now, did he do it on purpose? No, of course not. He was trying to solve the crime, but Riddler manipulated him that entire time just to get Falcone out in the open so he could kill him. Right. 
no br- and it was great brilliant I loved that story yeah it was brilliant that is some john doe level fucking seven shit right there yeah and 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 that scene I love that scene between, you know, and it, when, you know, they're talking to each other in the whole, you know, the, the, in the prison conference room there or whatever the fuck you right. want to call it. Um, I love that scene. Even though I found Dano a little annoying, especially at the end of that conversation where he just starts squealing. Um, but yeah, I love, I, I love that scene because yeah, it, it's at that point you're going, Oh fuck. He did just completely manipulate the fuck out of everybody including mm-hmm. Batman, this yep. novice Batman who doesn't know any better and just learned a really big fucking lesson. Yep. It's beautiful. So pretty. It's so pretty. And it's so good at this. <laughs> Sorry. And I know people are going to sit there and go, well, it's the new shiny thing. And the, 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 the. no, it's not. I, I, <laughs> I can, I can, I can appreciate something initially and continue to appreciate it down the road. And here's the thing, our opinions of of this stuff, it changes as we get older, as we get into different head spaces, films that I, that I once thought were brilliant. Now watching them 20 years later, I go, what the fuck was I thinking? So for right (laughs) now, yes, I think the Batman was genius. I thought it was a great storyline. It was, you know, but we end up in the, the the ending of the third act, and this is where I think we ran into some trouble here. I get their intention. I just don't agree with their execution. Okay. The 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 scene where he comes storming into the stadium, you know, coming through the glass, which is the most like comic Batman thing he, he the most fantastical thing he did in the whole movie. Right. You know, that was a cool visual. But the rest of that fight was stupid. Yep, I agree. And the whole exploding seawalls and the, all the guys dressed as Riddler with the sniper rifles, that's Joker shit. I'm yeah. sorry. That is straight up Joker shit. That is not something that the Riddler would do. Right. The Rid- No, I get it. The Riddler would have been happy just with the fact that he got Falcone. Yep. And that would have been not it. Not that I know... Not that I know. No, no, I'm, I'm, but I, yeah, but I, no, I could totally see that. And I think that's, that's part, maybe it could have been trimmed. They could have, I don't know. Yeah. Was, was that whole thing necessary? And, and the, the only thing that came out of that, that particular chain of events was him realizing that he needed to be more than just a fucking scary monster man. Right. He needed to be. A, he needed a, to help people. He did. He needed to, well, he needed to be a beacon. He needed to, to rep- give people hope. And right. th- that's symbolized by him with the flare guiding everybody in the dark and the water. You know, right. that wasn't heavy handed at all. Not um, at all. But, but his voiceover at that point, just talk, just allude, you know, talking about the fact that, yes, I, I need to be more than just the word that we have. He needs to be more than someone who just fights the bad guys. He also needs to be the one who helps save people. And he, they're very different things. He needs to be more than vengeance. Ah, uh, all right. That's the first time you said it. It really is, which I'm kind yeah, of sad. Yeah, that's the first time we've said vengeance. So here we go. Oh, shit. This is going to be terrible. Yeah. 
Because I think that's, you know, what made him pull his head out of his ass, obviously, was the Riddler guy that he knocked over. And when he took his mask off, what did Riddler guy say? Oh, yeah, vengeance. Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) You're a fucking asshole. I'm going to hit you all at the end. Oh, there's not that much left. Oh, I, I won't mention that Selena called him by that name the entire film because I don't want you to die and we still have the rest of the show to get through. Mm-hmm. But oh, I only got one more shot of it left. Oh, oh my God. Yikes. Yikes. Oh. I'm, I'm empty. Oh. Otherwise, I'd join you. Oh, did we even mention that I am taking a shot of Patron every time we say that yes, word? Yes, she is. Okay. She is, folks. She, no, I, I didn't mention it, but you know, we set it up at the beginning, so that's fine. Hmm. I think uh, one, one thing that kind of popped into my head, you know when he shoots himself up with the adrenaline? Yeah. What color was that liquid? It was green, wasn't it? Yes. You know what it reminds me of? What? Venom. Which ah. is what Bane uses to get big and bad. Oh. So that, which is another great comic storyline dealing with Bruce Wayne's addiction to Venom. But now yeah, I am I think I'm reading more into it than it should be. I, the internet. Or you're it, not. It could. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if, if they would go that route, but it would be an amazing story. An amazing yeah. story. You know, one scene I forgot to fucking mention completely, and it adds Which to the realism of kind of of this thing when he's escaping the police station and he's jumping off the roof. Oh God. When he would like was hesitant to jump yes. off the roof. I love that. And he's like, fuck the squirrel suit. And then he's like, Oh shit, I gotta go. I love that scene. Yes. I was like, and then he gets pretty much hits the bus. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I he hits the, he it. hits the over you know the train overpass the over, and gets yeah, caught on it. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that too. Yeah, it wasn't just him flipping out his his cape and just going and flying. No, the squirrel suit that makes sense. Yeah, and, it totally does, and, and it was it was great and added to the realism. Yes, of the whole thing, Espe- yeah. especially for me, the hesitation, him going fuck. I know. <laughs> I really I love that. I really love that. Yeah, that was good, and that was another point where Pattinson was great on acting and it was more about his body or uh, than about words. Cause you could totally see the hesitance like all through his body to jump off that building. That's good shit. That's good yep. shit. It's a great moment. All right. We have to talk about it. Barry Keegan's cameo. Okay. The guy in the cell next to the Riddler. Yeah. The guy with the big scarred mouth and the smiles and the, the cackle and all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. You know how many jokers there have been over the last, oh, what is it, decade or so? You would think that there wasn't another Batman villain that was. Oh, I have some I, I have some suggestions. Well, no, I know you totally would, but why do we keep coming back to the Joker over and over I and over? I understand again? it is his most iconic villain. I get it. Can we let it breathe for a little while? Please. Give us a, yes, give us a chance to like not have the Joker in yes, all the movies. We don't need it. Uh, we're not going to bring in Joaquin Phoenix cuz it it 
the timelines don't match up. He'd be like fucking 70 years old at this point. And, and that's not going to get a fly. Leto, fuck that. We're not doing that. Heath Ledger's dead. We can't dig his corpse up. So that's not happening. I, I, we need to move on. We need to move yep. on from the Joker. We need to find someone else. We could do like Deathstroke. That would be mm-hmm. a good one. Yes, we got we got a little fucking snippet of him at the end credit scene of Justice League. That's the guy that, that Joe Mangiello was playing. Mm-hmm. Now that's not the actor I would use to play Deathstroke because Deathstroke is a both a physical and mental equal to Batman. Yeah, and that would be good. That would be a much more physical, you know, story. Here's my dark horse who I would love. It's a character called Dr. Hugo Strange. Okay. He was kind of the main, partial main antagonist in the Arkham City game. But this is one of the first villains that was able to figure out that Batman was Bruce Wayne. Okay. He's basically a psychiatrist. Um, They had, he was portrayed in the Gotham show. It was okay. okay. It was very good. But I, I think that would be a great villain if we're going to go along with this more, uh, you know, psychological antagonism approach. Yeah. That was presented in this. I think that, that this would be a good, you know, kind of next step for it. They'll never do it. it. Uh, never. Well, but I'm hoping they stay with the whole noir feeling. Yes, I Batman do too. Going forward. I hope they stay with that because. I found it differentiated it from all the other superhero movies. Yes. Which we totally need. It was. Because there's a shit ton of them out there now. There, There is. But this, this was like, a, absolutely. This was so different from everything that we have seen as far as a mainstream, mainstream superhero. Oh my which God. Good. Yeah. yeah. Which is what, yeah, exactly. Which is why I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Exactly why I loved it. I know that Pattinson wants to do the Court of Owls for the sequel. He's mentioned that. The Court of Owls is basically a group, a secret underground group that r- runs Gotham. They are okay. like the the underlying... Like Illuminati or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Thank you. Boom. Okay. Like that. And they have these agent... They have this assassin called Atalan that... Mm-hmm. No, not Talon, the previous co-host... Um, but they have <laughs> talents that are basically reanimated, you know, warriors from various generations that are okay. their foot soldiers could be a good story. I could go for that. It's kind yeah. of, it's kind of the same theme as far as corruption is concerned. Right. So I don't know how that's, if it's a kind of second verse, same as the first, but again, it's not the Joker. Thank you. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, that'd be interesting. But at the same time, they made it very clear that the mobsters ran Gotham through this movie. So adding a different layer onto Well, I guess it depends on the writing. Well, yeah, the, okay. I can see that. Yeah. But uh, the Court of Owls were revealed to be the true power in Gotham. They were the, that, that could be everything. Cool. This, they pulled the strings on everything. They were the layer below the the corruption and the organized crime. That could be cool. They they were yeah. the the big picture people. Which I think, I think we kind of need that. That's fine. I'm I'm yeah. down. 
I'm down. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying I think that would be the next place to go. Now that I'm thinking about it, Patron aside, Mm. yeah, it would be cool to like dig deeper into that. You know, we got the whole corruption theme and the mobsters running the Gotham, you know, and throughout the, you know, the government, but then digging layer underneath that. I think that would actually... That would be very good. That would be a good story. That'd be a good story. Yeah. So I have a question. Can you imagine a Robin in this universe? No. Neither can I. No Batgirl, no Robin. None of the Bat family. I, I tell you uh, what, yeah. man, I am very happy that Reeves is not going to connect this with any of the DCEU movies because, oh my God, would they be completely out of place tone-wise in this movie? Yeah. They would not fit. I, I'm glad that they did disconnect it because yes. I think it made it a better movie. And yes. I, the tone and the feel of this movie is, I think what made it special. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So. Agreed. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the future of this. So here's the good news. We'll get to see it again on HBO max on April 19th. Cause that's when it's coming. Yay. Yay. Right. This is, this is a good thing. We talked about the Penguin mm-hmm. HBO Max series. Yes. We're both excited. I think it'll be really good. Yeah. Now, one really weird, I don't know if I want to call it a casualty, but it's a change that has just came out in the last couple of days. So there was going to be a GCPD spinoff HBO Max series. Oh, really? Which has now shifted to more of an Arkham Asylum uh, kind of American horror story anthology type thing. I think that would be more interesting. I don't know if we're going to, if, if, if GCPD is, is another comic that was amazing and it had to do oh, really? with how the cops deal with being surrounded by fucking superheroes and supervillains all the time and how they, they go about their lives and, and enforce the law while living but in that how world. Would that fit in all the realism and if we keep this universe separate from the rest batman is just a vigilante in a fucking bat suit because that's what he is in this one it's not like he is a superhero with special powers well he's got a little bit of money behind him how interesting would gcp pdb without that well we would see the the progression of the the supervillains we would see the, these more, but which haven't been introduced yet. We don't have the rogues gallery yet, but right. one would think you'd want to have another Batman movie to introduce more rogues. So I exactly. think that's why they're shifting or they speed. Could use the penguin spinoff as that vehicle. Maybe. Sure. sure. I don't know, but I uh, know I'm not saying I'm not excited for an Arkham series. I think that I, I'm totally down with that, especially if you're going to do kind of an American horror story style of shit. That, that sounds cool actually i'm 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 so down for that and then of course we've got we've got the batgirl movie coming to hbo max which is going to have no connection to this film at all shouldn't i think yeah. i dude i think keaton's going to become the new dceu batman they're setting him really? up as the batman in 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 the batgirl series it's confirmed there's photos he's there hmm. so i think the flash affleck's batman's gone is going to die in that. And Keaton's Batman is going to become the new DCEU Batman, just the older, more grizzled version of him. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm in. I'm down. Sounds good. So where does Pattinson rate as far as the your your on your list of favorite Batman? Let's let's do this stupid exercise, shall we? Let's not for me. Because <laughs> I have not watched enough of the Batman movies because recent years I haven't watched them. All right. So I don't think I've even watched anything with Affleck. Right. To tell you the truth. Okay. So, and it's been a very long time since I've watched any of the other ones. All right. Well, he's, he's up there though. If he's up there. What about for you? I will put my, my, my neck out to give it my head chopped off. Um, I think Keaton is the most well-rounded Batman where uh, he plays both Batman and Bruce Wayne. Well, Mm-hmm. I thought that Bale was a better Bruce Wayne than he was a Batman. Not okay. that I don't enjoy the movies. I, I do. Affleck had the presence of somebody that you knew could beat the fuck out of you thoroughly. I also liked his Bruce Wayne. Hey, Affleck was not as bad as everybody accused of, of being. Yeah. Clooney and Kilmer, I'm not even going to bring into this conversation because it's not worth it, but... Uh, Keaton is my favorite. Okay. Keaton is my favorite. Now, Pattinson rate. Pattinson, I'm going to, oh, God, this is hard. Part of the problem, and this is a cop out, is it's incomplete at this point. Because because you haven't seen him really as Bruce Wayne. We don't know exactly. We don't know exactly. what he's going to do as Bruce Wayne. From a Batman but standpoint, I'll very good. put him, I'll, I will put him below Keaton, honestly. Just right below. And I can see that based on Pattinson's other work, I think he will be a very good Bruce Wayne. I do when too. Bruce Wayne, uh, we just haven't seen that yet. Yes. Yes. So, so, so we're going to give him an incomplete at this point. But as far <laughs> as his Batman is concerned, yeah, I think he's second to, to Keaton's Batman. I will. I'll go I, out there. I can see that. No, Fuck I it. can Fight absolutely me. see that. Fight me, everybody. Fight me. Uh, just follow him on Twitter and then tweet at his ass. So he has to deal with it it's at the yeah. morally. Yes. Please come after me. Come after please, me. Please go after him. And I will like all your posts where you come after him. Cause <laughs> in the sea of all of the podcasts that are talking about the Batman this week, I'm sure we're going to be the one that's, you know, everybody's going to focus on and and come out we can hope yes because i'm sure i'm the only one that has that opinion now as far as the batman movies are concerned to me and i think i said this earlier the dark knight is the most complete batman movie that i've watched it really it really is is from a movie standpoint and here's the thing all of these movies are completely overshadowed and look like shit compared to Batman the Animated Series, which is the gold standard for Batman. I've heard that. Above all else. Above all. Oh my fucking God. You have never watched the Animated Series? Are you shitting me? No, I haven't. Oh. Are, are we no longer friends? We're friends. I just me? feel like I need to help you. Like, hold your hand and go watch this. No, that <laughs> is the definitive representation of batman that that's kevin conroy is the gold standard that that show is if i ever have time yes i will think about watching that yeah so hey you haven't watched a single one of the shows that i've recommended no not at all which is why i'm not judging you i just said i need to help you i didn't call you a piece of shit and that you need to die (laughs) i just said you need help that's that's all 
There's none of that. There's none of that. Okay. So, um, final thoughts on, on the Batman. Um, yeah, this is this is a good movie. This is a very yeah. good movie. This is a great, faithful adaptation of Batman. It's it is a cerebral film. Yes. If you're going definitely. for and I like that about yes, it. Yes. If you're going for pure action, this is not the Batman for you. Exactly. Go go watch fucking George Clooney on ice skates. <laughs> You'll love that. Yeah. So final rating, I think I'm going to meet you at 4.5. Oh, that a girl. Yeah. Uh, final rating. And I agree. It's a really good movie and I really like it. And I can't wait to actually be able to watch it again in the comfort of my own home. Agreed. I, I, I I agree. I want to see it again. I I really want to see it again. That is one of the questions I have in my mind and I won't dive into this a whole lot, but how rewatchable is this movie going to be? If it's a Sunday afternoon and you're sitting there going, yeah, I want to pop something. I want to pop a Batman movie in. Is this the one you're going to do? And I, I can't answer that question yet. And I don't want you to answer that question if you can't. Mm-hmm. But that that is my concern. Because, yeah, this bitch is long. It's long. But I think having watched it in, in a theater, I did. I think there's a lot of subtleties that I probably missed mm-hmm. that on rewatch I'll catch. Right. And I'm excited about watching. But, the, but this, reason. but this is one of those, you can't sit there and play on your phone. You got to pay attention to what's going yeah, on. Yeah. No, it, totally. Yes. No matter if I think how many times you watch it, you're going to still want to sit there and pay attention. But anyways, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I think we have beat that bitch to death. Break. Break. Hey, you want to get doomed? I'm Tessa. And I'm Nicole. And we have a spanking new podcast for your ear holes called Doom Generation. Listen in as two foul-mouthed biddies have an always casual, often comedic... What? I think we're funny. ...and sometimes chaotic conversation about the things that doomed us to be who we are today. Take a trip with us down Nostalgia Lane and we'll try not to veer off the road. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doom Generation Pod and on Twitter at Doom Gen Pod. Later, Doomers! And we are back. Well, I've uh, burned through that uh, four pack at Glenn Levitt pretty quickly. Nice. I'm um, I'm on the the gingers now. I'm gonna leave what, what I have in my glass is the last of what I'm going to do this evening. So we are not going to talk about how many seltzers I've had tonight. So that's that's <laughs> fine. How much uh, Patron do you have left? Um. Maybe a shot or two. A shot or two. I understand. I don't know. I just feel bad because I went through that four pack with a vengeance. Yeah. It tasted good, right? Yes. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you to like get on the uptake there. And. Yeah. Hit it. Oh, one more left. Okay. Probably is probably three quarters. Oh, God. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to die. Oh, my. I'm nowhere near dying. Oh my god! I got tolerance. Uh, <laughs> intolerance. All right. Yeah. Uh, therapy. Yeah. I'm still a piece of garbage. Welcome to therapy time. My name is Josh, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> hi, hi, Josh. Welcome, Josh. Hey, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you ever sucked a dick for booze? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, you, you have totally, you totally have. 
All right. I have a question for you. How many times during your professional career have you heard the phrase thinking outside the box? Uh, quite a few. And I have said it recently. I am hearing this phrase a lot lately and I am fucking done with it. I'm done um, with it. Yeah, I can see that. I do not hear it a lot anymore. We have other phrases that we hear, but I have said it because um, lately I've been working with a lot of engineers and I'm like, bitch, get on board. This we, We've got to think outside the box because they're very much in their box and I need them to get out of it. Well, in engineering, yes, there's a finite set of rules you have to follow, but there is a certain level of creativity that can go into that. Correct? Abs- absolutely. And part of my, so, and part of the reason I've had to use it is because there's a reason they chose me to work with a lot of engineers is because they're adding different roles in to get them outside uh, to add a different flavor to the thinking so that there's not so much engineering groupthink. So that's why I, I'm kind of in there to shake it up. So sometimes I do have to say that to say, hey, there's an engineering solution, but you can also help with other solutions. But I can understand why that would drive you nuts. Because there are some industries and some things where the box is the box. There is no thinking outside of it. I disagree. All right. Well, you and I are going to have a disagreement with this. And yeah, we I, are going to have I, a disagreement I will, because I, I will specify. I will specify. I'm talking about ways to recruit and hire new employees. How do uh, we? Okay. Hey, you do realize I was in recruiting for like. Seven All right. Years, right. Then help me. What is what is outside of the box? Let me tell you what what has been done thus far. We have okay. hit. Every single job posting service that is available. So the zip Have you gone to McDonald's they, and found 18-year-olds to ask them to come work for you at your rate? That's outside the box. I can't say that I have. I don't spend... I mean, yes, I love McDonald's, the food, but I don't spend a lot of time sitting in the lobby. They're 18-year-olds. There's 18-year-olds there who can work at the in the industry you do. There's some licensing issues that come along with that, but okay. But, I mean, that's what, when it comes to recruiting and hiring, finding the people who fit your skills, you need to think outside of job postings, outside of advertising. Well, you you, you need, need to go where there are people that possibly you could drag in who have never thought of doing that type of industry. Okay. Well, you didn't let me finish all the routes okay. that we have gone, but okay, I, I will say this. We have not, I have not gone to McDonald's and sat in the lobby and tried to recruit 18 year olds. Or when you order your double quarter pounder with cheese. See, you can I, say, okay. I have a problem with that. Okay. I have what? a huge ethical issue with that, which is going and poaching people from other jobs. I don't like doing that in my industry. That is a huge faux pas. But you're not poaching from other people in your industry. You are going to places I, outside of that. I anybody. I would. No. You know how much it pisses me off when I find out that another company has come and tried to poach my fucking guy while they're working. 
Oh my God, does that piss me off? I, I understand, but that's the way the world works. Does no one have any ethics anymore? No, not when it comes to fucking labor. You need to be going to other places, college campuses maybe, people who have weird schedules that they need to work around and do it. So go to the freaking local college and say, hey, I'm looking for people. And and I, okay, that's another route I have gone. I have posted on multiple college boards. You're posting. Okay, so I just need to physically go down there. Go down there, there, yeah. Is there some value in going to these little job fairs? Yes. Well, Talking to people. Po- well, having them meet you is definitely invaluable because people, it is not so much about the job, but around the people that you work with. And Josh, you're a pretty cool person. I am pretty awesome. I would want to work with you I'm and a- your charisma will help you get people. See, because I did this, I did go pre COVID. I did mm-hmm. set up, I did go to one of these job fairs. I set up, it was at a community college Mm-hmm. I had three people talk to me the entire time. And we have, I, I have some great stuff, some visual aids, some different things that are it, Don't it's, do job fairs. Okay. So you're saying I should go out there. Should I just go walk on campus like some type of serial killer you or? Can, well, you can talk to the administration about setting up a table inside the lobby uh-huh. and people who are waiting between classes or just studying may come up and talk to you and you can talk to them then. Okay, so just setting so it doesn't have to be a job fair. It's just randomly put. Nah, plopping. job fair. You're competing against everybody else. Not, yes. not for your industry. Okay. I, I, I'm serious. Go fucking poach. I'm listening. Go find, pl- yeah. Go I'm find listening. places. Go mm-hmm. find places that have the, the people that you think would fit well in your industry, off shifts, that kind of stuff. Who, who you think they would be? And go there and fucking network your fucking ass off. Because my industry is a very small industry and everybody knows everybody. And everybody knows who's paying what and where and how and how Dave and Bob and do this and and this, that and and the other things. So, you know, we are not we're we're mildly competitive as far as our starting wages are concerned, but we're not at the top of the hill. And we just can't can't afford to be. Go to a fucking log show. Jesus, right? No, I no, but I'm serious. Go to a fucking car show. Go to a monster truck rally. Go to other places where that kind of you, you see what I mean? Right. It's kind of like going where you think the people who would possibly be interested in that job or moonlighting or other kinds of stuff would be a network. What? And it, Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Good. Go. One of the the limitations that I run into is because my industry requires a certain, some licensing that goes along Mm -hmm. with that. Now, one of the difficulties and and drawbacks of being a small company is that we don't have our own in-house instructors to do that training to get that licensing. So what I'm considering at this point is going out and getting an instructor license so I can do that because a you lot totally of, should. because yeah. a lot of the applicants I'm getting are people that don't have licensing this is their first time being introduced to the industry doing all that stuff so that's my outside of the box is I'm trying I, it, it's great to add to my skill set too but it it's you know that way 
I can have people apply that don't have the licensing that they need, but hey, oh, no, 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 come on in. Well, I'll, I'll, tra- no, I'll and train I, you. You need to do that. Yeah. Okay. I, and I thought you had already done that. No. I think that's one of that's one of the things you probably should do regardless of even if you had a whole bunch of people based on your industry to take care of that licensing in-house so that you don't have to worry about that kind of thing because then you could go to fucking McDonald's and go find those people and bring them in. That makes sense because right now I'm acting as a referral service for some third-party instructors that we have. Some of them have worked for us before, but we can't afford to keep an instructor in-house, in-house yeah. that's that's all they do. They would have to go out and work in other areas and the instructor thing would be a part-time deal. But yes, if I'm, not that I want to take on another fucking role here because I'm exhausted. Yeah, I, wear, I know. I wear way too many hats here. But yeah, I, I think that that's, that will be outside of the box is doing that. I think it's going to be a big part. But I do appreciate... The fact that you have some ideas now, I am. It's going to be very hard for me to get over my ethical roadblock when it comes to poaching <laughs> people while they're working at their other job. That I have a Meh. really hard time with. Meh. Okay. I don't know. Fine. I've sold my it, souls, for, my soul for <laughs> way less. So I mean. You know, my business ethics were the one thing that I kind of held on to. The re- the rest of it, I, I don't give a fuck about. But let's be clear: it's not like you're going and poaching from other companies in your industry. You're finding people who would not naturally apply to those jobs, and you're bringing them into the industry, and that just helps everyone in your industry. Because yes, eventually whoever I poach today for McDonald's will end up working for another company in my industry tomorrow. Exactly. Okay. I'm doing a service. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I'm over it. The justification. (laughs) Fucking A, man. You got it. You got it. The box has been destroyed. I'm here for you. But I appreciate the fact that... In your thinking outside of the box, you actually had some fucking ideas because the people that I'm dealing with, they love to say think outside the box, but they don't have any fucking ideas of their own that are worth anything. Sometimes it's hard. Yes. And a lot of times, a lot of times is pulling in someone from a different area. Yes. Helps come with different ideas. Well, part of the problem too is, is talking to somebody like you or somebody that has experience in that particular Mm -hmm. field and that's the problem we don't have access to anybody that we wouldn't have to pay money to right and you probably won't i I mean and if you don't want to pay money then you can't get that expert experience i mean i have experience because i did it 20 oh god i'm old 15 years ago so i have a little bit of experience but the job market's changed a little bit but for you kind of easy it, it is. And, and at this point in my industry, it's a mercenary mentality. I mean, that's and bottom yes. line. The number, the, 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 the pay rate is all that matters. It doesn't yep. matter how flashy the job is. It doesn't matter the experience they would get. It doesn't matter how fun it is to come work for us and this, that, and the other thing. It's all mm-hmm. about what am I getting fucking paid? Are there benefits that go with this? That's it. That is the biggest right. thing I'm running into. 
Well, and I would say more, and maybe we need to talk offline. We will. Because, yeah. Oh, no, we're going to. Okay, <laughs> we're going <cool>. to. <laughs> oh, we're going to. So, all right. Well, thank you. You have helped. Yeah. You, you have I'm, helped. I'm here for you. I am yeah. refreshed. I, I, I have, I'm heading to McDonald's tomorrow afternoon cause I'm not getting up early, but yes, tomorrow afternoon. So <laughs> how can I not help you this evening? So I've been feeling a little guilty the last few days. A boot? I am living my best life, but I have a 13 year old. So let's talk about my last week. All Thursday right. night. I'm scared. Out, no. Go ahead. Thursday night. No, no, no. Thursday night, I went out to the bar and uh, did trivia and karaoke. Friday night, it was my friend's birthday. So we went to the casino. I was out. Saturday night, I went to a dart tournament because I play soft tip darts and then ended up at the bar where I almost took home the hottest fucking blonde ever. Anyways, moving on. What, Sunday. <laughs> what what was her name? Alicia. Nice. Well 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 done. I'll send, I'll send you a picture. Well done. <laughs> you could you could post that on Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right. Anyways, Sunday I went to the theater and watched a movie with my friend, you know, and then Monday night I went out to trivia with the people I went out of trivia on Thursday night. And then I didn't do anything actually on Tuesday night. I stayed home, but I'm, I have a son at home and I'm feeling a little bit guilty about the fact that I'm going out and having fun all the time. I have talked to him about it several times. I'm like, Hey, I'm gone a lot. How do you feel about this? And he's like, go mom, have fun. I'm here playing video games. You know, I'm safe. I know I can call you, but at the same time, I'm feeling guilty about it. But at the same time, I feel better in myself and health wise than I have in over a decade. So I'm having a fucking good time. And I don't know whether I should be like, Oh, I need to pull back. Or if it's okay for me to do this. Because my son is older and he's very independent. And I, it's not like he's going hungry or he doesn't have me talking to him. So that's something I've been struggling with, you know. Because I know tomorrow I'm recording the podcast tonight. Tomorrow night I'm going to freaking trivia and karaoke again. So I don't know. Should I pull back? Is it? Am I being a bad parent? Or is it? okay oh that's a tough one how old yeah. you, your boy again he's almost 14 okay that's a that's a very impression impressionable age mm-hmm. and he is paying attention to everything that you were doing and i'm not saying he's emulating that but he's storing those files in the back yeah. of his head now, it's wonderful that he is responsible enough to take care of himself when he needs to. And I know that you're not abandoning him or he's he's not a latchkey kid like we were. No, he's not. Because at that's all. the worst thing you could possibly do. Well, he's kind of a latchkey kid. I mean, but usually I'm here like I'm home by the time he gets home. Okay. A lot of the that, that, that's that's something. Yeah. That's something. 
the 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 issue in my opinion is that he may feel like everything is okay but he still needs some guidance and that would be my concern if with spending your time away because yes he may sit there and go yeah i'm okay with this no problem piss off mom i'm having a blast but there is still guidance that needs to be there and i do spend a few hours with him at before I go anywhere. It's not like I'm going. And even if I were home, he and I would not probably be in the same room. So this is where I struggle. No. And and that may, and I understand that. Look at that age, we didn't want anything to do with our fucking parents or I'm sorry, I'm going right. to speak for myself. I didn't want anything yeah. to do with my parents. It's not that I hated them. I just, we had nothing in common at that point. And I, I was good. And when I was his age, my mom was out all the time. She was out doing her thing all the time. You know, at that time, she, I think she was trying to find a new husband. So, um, so how, I guess the question is, how did that make you feel when that was going on when you were a kid? I was okay with it because I was a teenager and, oh my God, I had all this freedom and I was, I was good to go. I mean, I was a little bit different because I had a little sister to take care of. She who was only 10. But it, so there was some responsibility behind right. that. Right. But, but in hindsight, as an adult, what do you think? What do you think of that? By the time I was 14, I think I was okay. I mean, it was very different because the same thing was happening at eight. And I was watching my sister. So I don't know. And I struggle with it. I'm like, am I spending enough? Am I forcing my son to spend enough time with me? If that makes any sense. No, because- it, it totally does. Because yes, when they get you, we have to be involved. We, we do. There, there is guidance. But in most of the time, you do have to force your way in there because they're not going to come to you. Oh, fuck. No, they're not going to come to you. And we have very good talks. He and I are very honest and open. If you know me, I'm very open and honest yes. and very truthful yes. about everything I say. So this is where I struggle. Like I talk to him and I talk to him about his friends and I talk to him about everything that's going on. And we still have those discussions, but is it the fact that I'm gone? Like not in the house, a bad thing because we're still having those discussions at the time. I'm still making him dinner. I'm still having discussions with him at the time that we normally would is me being out of the house, a bad thing. Because once again, even though I'm, sometimes going to bars. It's not like I'm also coming home drunk. I'm home by 1030, which and, is and, half the time before his bedtime. And I'm not drunk or any of that kind of stuff and, either. And you're not bringing a cavalcade of men to your house. No, that's been one of the things is the guy I'm hanging with right now. He has to me, he was like questioning me about one of my grocery purchases. And I'm like, <laughs> didn't want to tell him why. <laughs> it was just coffee creamer. But anyways, he's like, why are you getting coffee creamer? I was like, because I have a friend who will be over on the weekend that you are not in my house. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm bringing guys home. Yeah, that's fine. No, that's, that that's okay. I, yeah. Dude, I, I, I was divorced. I Absolutely. Yeah. And my, my eldest did not meet anybody until... It was a it was a well established long term relationship, and then I did that. But anyways, 
So, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on the kid as well, Mm -hmm. the maturity level. Yeah. The eldest at that age, absolutely. We were very open. There was a lot of very frank, open conversations going on where I I could do that. Now, granted, different story. I, I was not the, you know, the primary you know, she didn't, she didn't live with me. She lived with her mom. So whatever time I got with her was, she was the focus always. But I, there were times with work and God, I don't know how much recreational activity was there, but there were times that I had to not be, I couldn't be there. And I I remember trying to convince you to bring her camping with me one time. And you're like, no, nope. No, I I was uh, when it when it when I had my time with her, there was there was nothing else that I yeah. I was the Batman, and that was my mission. Yeah, was 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 her, and it worked out pretty well. But no, I you cannot deny yourself having a life. You cannot deny your happiness. And look, we can find a lot of happiness in our kids, but mm-hmm. it doesn't meet every need. And I'm not t- talking about f- just fucking, okay? There's there's other aspects to this. Oh, and like I said this last week when I was talking about it, that had nothing to do with the guy fucking at this point. That was just me going out, meeting new people, having a good time, getting my social yeah. cup filled and yeah. having and just uh, a lot of it, like the trivia stuff, using my brain and just getting out and doing. Kinds but but of stuff. you but you got to have that fix. You got to have that that yeah. that thing that you can go do that doesn't involve being a responsible parent. You That's want true. to do to where you you can shut that shit out. It's not that it's gone; it's there, but you can push it back for a little bit and do your thing. Yeah. And the important part is. As we tell our children, as we should live in life, as long as you do that in moderation, you're fine. Okay, so not moderation here. But one of the things I'm trying to do, because even when we're home together, we don't spend a lot of time together. Right now, we don't have any shows that we watch together. I was like, fuck, I'll like buy tickets to the hockey game. We'll go see hockey. We'll go do this kind of stuff. I'm going to drag him to go shopping with me just so we are together with him, not on his phone kind of stuff. And how's that working out? It's working out. Oh, well, the hockey game's on Tuesday, but we'll see. He likes hockey. No. (laughs) Why the fuck? He doesn't like anything but video games, but I don't want video games. Even though I like video games. Sorry, you broke up there. What? You don't like video games? No, I like video games, but I don't want to play video games. All he likes is video games. Why don't you play with him? Because we don't like the same kind of games. What kind of games does he like? Like Apex Legends. and No, not my thing. What kind of games do you like? Not that kind. Not first person shooters. I guess what I could do is maybe what I need to... Sorry. What I need to do is maybe set up like a certain night of the week where it's he and I playing a game together. He and I both love board games. I have a shit ton of them. And make designated times where he and I have quality time together, where we're playing a board game. We're going somewhere and watching a movie or doing that kind of stuff. And I think that would probably help because I think it's really about the quality of the time 
and that's probably where I need to focus rather than how much time I'm at home in a different room. Oh, oh no. F- physical location means shit. It, it, yeah. Yes. It has to do with what you're doing together yeah. and finding come finding common interest is a pain in the fucking ass. You know that. Yeah. Especially with a 13 year old. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like blow jobs. The 13 year old wants to play Sonic the Hedgehog, but <laughs> yeah, that, I, I do not want to play Pokemon like the newest Pokemon. Well, it's a, there's no way to do that. But he and I both like board games. So maybe I need to set that up. And maybe I need to start setting up a regular like maybe D&D game or something like that where me and a couple friends and his friends get together and do that. I think that's so good, that we have quality time. Yeah, I think and that's then a, not feel guilty about the time I'm out. No, I think that's a great idea. Just find that balance. Just find the balance. And, and honestly, yes, his feedback is important. But he's at an age where he doesn't have a firm grasp on everything yet. Oh, that's I, yeah, I get that. I do like the fact that before I go out and I talk to him about it and say, hey, I'm going out. How does it feel? You can say no. I, I do have that conversation with him every time. Okay. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Look, I, I know it's hard. I know it's hard finding the balance. And Jesus Christ, I'm I'm still married and have the yeah. kid. And there are many times where I, I don't want to fucking hang out with either one of them. I want to go do yeah. my own thing. And so do I, am I supposed to feel guilt because I want to go do those things? Uh, if you ask me, no. <laughs> I, no, and I, I know your stance on that whole thing. But it's like just, you know, having time to myself is, is it's a struggle. It's pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to. Uh, inconvenience isn't the word. I I don't want to put anybody out, and I don't want the guilt that goes along with that. But I still feel like I deserve me time. And I absolutely agree that you deserve me time. I I, I run into this thing where, and it sounds terrible after what we've just talked about. Where everybody's like, I don't have time to do that. And I'm like, you have plenty of time for what you choose to have time for. It's a matter of prioritization and managing your schedule and doing all that stuff. And and I absolutely understand this because you got to remember, I do. And, you know, spoon theory and everything like that. So I will give up other shit. Or pay for other shit to get done for me rather than spend time on stuff that I don't find is fills my cup. And if I'm not happy and I'm not getting my cup filled, I don't think Connor, my son, would be happy. And I just have to make sure finding the balance is what I'm going to have to do. Okay. Then that's that's the start. Yeah. Okay. You got to... You got to take solace in that. There's no, yeah. there's no perfect answer to any of this because you can't just hyper focus on your kids, stay at home, and that's all you do. That's and not. I know ha- a lot of parents who are like that. Oh, I, I know. They're miserable. Fuck, I know a ton of them that do that, and yeah. some of them have, yes, are miserable. Other ones are still in denial in that they are missing out on other aspects of their life. Look, we love our kids. We will do anything for them. 
but we also understand that part of being mentally healthy is taking time for ourselves. Yeah. And finding that balance is a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah. God bless America. Woohoo! God bless Iron Man. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Should we do yes. Should we do a thing? Let's do a thing. Things. That wasn't loud enough. That was better. Nice. Yeah. I am the I master. Love the things theme song. It's the things. Talent, Talent found that. And it's random, but I fucking love it. Oh my God. I got to find my notes. Talk into the thing, Ange. Oh, I ta- I'm t- talking into the thing. Hey, how y'all doing out there? That's sultry. All right. I found what I needed. So this week, a question came up and I did not have an answer to it. And it had to do with the sex. Mm-hmm. And it was a hang up that a person had, a friend of mine. Oh, really? It's a hang up that oh. a friend of mine had. And it kind of inspired me to look at other sexual hang ups that folks have. Interesting. So let's talk. I don't a- have many of those. Yeah. So <laughs> I, <laughs> no shit. I'm well aware. So <laughs> I found this article from uh, Women's Health Magazine. Okay. And uh, I will, of course, include a link with the the posting for the show. I picked a couple of these. I kind of cherry picked because I wasn't going to do them all. So sexual hangups. Let's talk about gag reflex. So no matter how skilled you are in the beach department, a super sensitive gag reflex can ruin the mood. To put Mm -hmm. the kibosh on, well, hurling cup the base of his while hurling the fuck what while throwing up while hurling cup the base of his penis with one hand and just suck the head whatever this is blah blah blah. once you're ready to go full-on fellatio prevent your gag reflex from giving you tude i'm guessing that means attitude by gripping your guy at the halfway point of a shaft moving your mouth up and down to that point or you know just don't do it at all oh that's bullshit that's complete bullshit. And yes, if you can't take them all, fucking get your hand nice and moist. Moist, everybody. And use your hand for the shit you can't take down. Okay, so you're, you're saying it's good to find a point. If you can't do it all, if it's 14 inches of cock, you're you're not yes. going to go full bore. But, no, you can't. But just draw that line in the sand with your hand and go, okay, th- this far, no further. Go this far, no further, and use your hand for the rest of it because if got enough spit going, it's not a problem. All I right. probably don't know the difference. Very good. But I don't so, know. Do you guys know the difference? I don't know. Between being jerked off and being sucked off? Well, if when a woman is sucking and she's got her hand, I guess you could tell the difference. I don't know. Yeah, we can totally tell you the difference. You can tell the difference. But I mean, it's still all stimulation. And she's doing the best you can. So I, I'm not saying like I'm gonna, I'm not going to deny getting jerked off. I mean, I'm not going to stop yeah. that from happening. I mean, it's just we know the and difference. Also, work on what angle you're coming at it from because depending on the curvature, you can actually do better if you're like. Anyways, yes, try different angles of attack. Very That's good. Say words to yes. live by. Yes. So here's another <laughs> hang up the. Ladies have uh, staying queef free. 
whatever. Air's going to get there. Once air is thrust into the vaginal canal, it can only be released by repositioning. You know the rest. Sure, the sound isn't pleasant, but you don't want to be so determined to finish Sans Queef that you miss out on the fact that you're totally having sex right now. Because exactly. there's, there's no such thing as having silent sex. No. 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 It's Ladies, I'm going to speak on behalf of the male gender. We're okay with you queefing. We don't have an issue with that. I'm sorry that that embarrasses you, but you're in a safe place with us. And to be honest, exactly. myself personally, I take it as a badge of honor. Yeah. That means I put that it. That means you're giving it to her good. That's mean I put it. That means I put a real dent in that fucking thing and. <laughs> and knock the bottom out. That's right. <laughs> <sighs> you know, whatever. You know the noise. I can't make it with my mouth. It's impossible. All right. All right. Some women have a hamp about the smell of their vagine. Mm. wondering if you smell funny down yonder is something we all think about i'm quoting especially yes. when your guy's face is like right there but as long as you practice moderate to good hygiene on the regular there's nothing to worry about every woman has a personal odor and it's often musky men generally like this smell and find it erotic own it mm -hmm. if you know you're yep. getting lucky and have a few minutes to spare you can always wash up with a fragrance-free soap dry off and rub a little coconut oil down there, which has an antibacterial and antifungal effect. Absolutely. Don't worry about it. And if you're worried about the way you taste, taste yourself. Don't douche, ladies, right? No, never, never. No, never douche. Do that. You are self-cleaning. Your body is magnificent. If you want to make it taste a little bit better, drink a shit ton of pineapple juice. Believe me, it works. All right. And here's the big one. Okay. And this was the question that came up. Some women have a hang up about kissing a guy after they've gone down on them. <laughs> Once again, I have no hang ups. <laughs> so you're saying this is not it's an fucking issue. fucking hot. Cause we, I, cause, cause we kiss you after you go down on us. Now I understand oh, yeah. we don't have any gaping fluid pre-cum maybe, but there's no, there's not a lot of fluids going on down there, but now look, I will put this out there right now. I have never been a fan of participating in ass to mouth ever. Yeah. All right. right. I'll watch it cause it's goddamn right. Yeah. But I will not participate in that. And I right. sure as fuck am not going to kiss you after you've gone ass to mouth. That's not happening. Uh, no, no, and I agree. I would not do that. There's just a certain level of hygiene that I just don't find right. there. But I have no problem with kissing a woman after she's gone down on me. And it would appear that you as a lady have no issue with kissing a guy after he's gone down on you. I do not. I may be unusual, though, because you got to remember I'm bi and I was girl for a long time. Right. So and that happened a lot. We'd go down on each other and then end up kissing and then go back down on each other. And there was a lot of fingers and tongues involved. Well, because when you're a lesbian because washing because <laughs> so. washing your face in between sessions, you know, while you're in the middle of a session is just not conducive to any type of eroticism. <laughs> no. 
And to tell you the truth, it's it's not like it tastes better. I don't know. It's not well, a big well. You and I are in agreement, man. I I <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't I don't have an issue with that. And and back in the day, I never had an issue with that. And I I think a lot of women get concerned about this kind of stuff because they think, oh God, what would the guy think? And ladies, the guy think is just fucking hot. You not having bound or not not having issues with a lot of this shit is hot to them. Go for broke, ladies. Go for exactly. broke. Now, don't get me wrong. Back in the day, came across a few that it, we uh, you had you had to retreat. You couldn't go past. What? You couldn't go past the uh, the the demilitarized zone. Wait, what? Really? Those that had a an odor. To them, that no. was a little more pungent, a taste that was a little more pungent than we were after. If it's not agreeable and it, I wouldn't say smells good, it smells off, there's probably a medical reason for of that. Course, of and course. And that needs to be checked out. Of course, out. of course. But it's like something I asked my therapist once. How do you tell a woman her pussy smells? Yeah, tell her. No, you don't. And that's what my therapist said. You never tell a woman her pussy smells. I would want to know. You are a fucking rarity, my dear. <laughs> I would absolutely want to know because that would generally signify to me that something's wrong. But I, I'm also very familiar with the smell and taste of myself. Oh, God. <laughs> that's another t-shirt. <laughs> Say, say that one more time. You're very familiar with what again? The smell and taste of myself. All right. Very good. That is going on the fucking t-shirt. Swear to God. So those are some hangups that people have. Hey, if you have a hangup that I did not mention, go ahead and uh, email us. Contact at Morally Flexible Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at The Morally. Okay. And apparently Instagram, though I don't want a photo of your hang up. I no, it, please no. I don't know what Instagram means. Anyways, um, Angela, what's your thing? Oh, mine kind of actually ties off of this, and it's one of the things I will not do. All right, mm. have you ever heard of flowballing? Uh, no, I have not. All right. Oh my God, I am intrigued. Oh yes, you had. And it's one you, of. It's, you, I will not do this. You had or my. I would. You, you had my curiosity. Now you have my interest. <laughs> All right. So flowballing is when a guy comes inside a chick's pussy, then eats her out, then spits the cum into her mouth and makes her eat it. Huh. Yeah. You know what's funny? When we're in the heat of the moment, we will consider all kinds of different things, including fluid exchange and everything else. Here's the problem, though. Once we do get off, that willingness to do those types of things goes right out the fucking window. No, no, no. I, I've known guys who are totally into a cream. And I'm fine. You want a cream pie? You can fucking you know, where you go down on me after you've come in me. Yeah, that's completely good. But not for the, don't fucking try to collect to suck it out of me and then spit it into my mouth to make me taste it. That's where the line is crossed. I mean, I don't know. In my head, that's really hot. 
but in practice <laughs> but in practice that's the thing you know we we can watch movies of this shit we can we can think about it in our minds and right. it, it's it's not till i personally it's not till i get to my refractory period where i'm sitting there going jesus christ this is fucking awful why the hell <laughs> why would we do this no and that lasts for about 15 minutes 20 minutes maybe a half hour but um yeah that's um wow that's a lot well it that was one of the things is like my man of the moment came up with this one and i, I was like i need something for this thing and i was like no, you are never doing that to me. And he was like, why? I was like, you can fucking go down on me after you've come in me and then kiss me later. But the act of sucking it up and then spitting in my mouth and then making me swallow that's, is crossing the line. That's, that's like a combination of felching and snowballing. I, well, I think that's why it's called flowballing. <laughs> it would appear that it is. Thank you. We've, we've combined flowballing. Flowballing. There's another T-shirt. Flowballing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Again, it it sounds great in theory. In practice, uh, that that sounds awful. Absolutely fucking horrifyingly awful. We are into all kinds of shit when it comes to watching it. Oh yeah. When it comes to actually doing it, that's a whole different matter. True. Whole different. Well, yeah. at least guys that have a conscience. <laughs> because <laughs> watching a porn with ass to mouth oh my god that's super fucking hot but then you're sitting there actually doing it in real life you're just like oh god that seems really unsanitary <laughs> i don't know if i want to do this i'm and I sorry don't think I would, uh, ass to mouth is not something that i'm interested in right because no matter how clean you try to make yourself down there it's, it's still not clean enough. It's still your asshole. There's no getting around that. Asshole. It is still. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no getting around that. So. I mean, yeah. But there's not much I do say no to. Well, you are adventuresome. I am. You are. An ad- I have a lot of fun. You're Why ad- am I single? <laughs> you are. You are the Indiana Jones of, of fornication. I'll call you that. Someone come raid my tomb. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna end it right there i we can't that's the top and everything else would be downhill that that, that's it that's it so let's let's uh once you're done uh dying there let's talk about next week whoa whoa that's that's amazing (laughs) that's amazing fuck oh Anyways, next week, uh, we're going to be discussing The Atom Project, uh, Ryan Reynolds' latest. And with who? Is it with me? Oh, we have a very, very special guest next week. <laughs> and I'm not going to say who. I'm going to tease. It's a very special right. guest. This guest has talked me into doing Howl's Moving Castle. That's a hint. That is a hint. You could ask me offline. Okay. But very, very special guest next week. Uh, yes, the Adam Project and Hell's Moving Castle. That's all I'm going to say. Can't I, wait to listen. I ask you to tune in next week because uh, it's going to be a special episode. So, Angie, damn. 
<laughs> bringing it, bringing the thunder. I love doing this. I no, and I love having you because, uh, yeah, you, 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 you bring it. You, you hold nothing back, and that's that's what I love about you. So thank you for coming on so much. So on behalf of Angie and myself, I want to bid everybody adieu. Say goodnight, Angela. Good night, Angela. <laughs> <laughs>